another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash. I am joined by Jimin. Hey guys. And Nat. Hello. And I know I say this every podcast, but I think we have a good roster of discussion items for today. We've got some new music to talk about. We've got another Twitter rant from Jay Park. But rumors, news, and gossip. So let's get started. Let's start off with what's currently playing and what we're listening to. So what have you guys been listening to in terms of K-pop songs recently? Or any music, actually? Well, Nat, do you want to go? No, you can go first. It's okay. Because I have a lot. So, you sure? Yeah, it's all good. Okay. So, I'm going to go um, all the way back to the bottom of my playlist. So, I went on, like, a listening spree so that I could clean up, like, what's going on in my phone situation. And so, basically, what I have been listening to in that process um, in terms of K-pop, um, of course, um, I need... I need you. No, I need somebody. I need someone. I don't know. Honestly, I forgot the English title. It's a day six song. Um, y'all know what I'm talking about because I talked about it last episode. Middle of the Night is an English track by, by Monster X that came out late last year. I hopped on that wave thanks to Ash, thanks to Ash and Nat. I mentioned that last episode too, I think. Um, Back to You by Tamin. That was on his Move album. Go check that out. That's a nice little acoustics joint if y'all, if you guys like things like that. Um, Day and Night by Tamin. That was on the Move repackage. I think it's called Moving, which I, I, I don't know. Points for Creativity, SM? I, I don't know. Um, Heat by Luna. Um, I don't really have much to say about that. I, I mean, I know like I'm not, I kind of off the tropical vibe, but that song is pretty good. Um, I did listen to I Say by Shiny. Um, that was on, I believe, their, um, Ash, what's the album called? Story of Light series. Um, but I haven't listened to it a lot because it's kind of a sad song. Um, and then there's this song, okay? I don't, it doesn't have an, I don't know if it has an English title. I think it does. But Tebby performed it like during some it was either on a music show like you guys know like the countdown shows or what do they call like the um um m countdown or like yeah those types of shows like the weekly countdown shows yeah yeah. he either performed it on one of those or he performed it on a music festival because i remember he performed that song and then he turned around and performed with jimmy from bts they did um a mashup of Jimin's Lie and um, Shiny's um, I, I want to say Shiny's One of One 
Um, but yeah, the song is called, I'm not going to say the Korean title because most people probably wouldn't even know it, but just Google Temi and Jimin performance and then it'll probably come up. Um, one and only you. Now I have to ask you guys about this song. Do you guys remember a song that Gossip and did with Hyolene? Yeah. Yeah. I have it on my phone. Yeah. How did I forget about that song? Because it was like, it. they mentioned it sort of like in a promotional manner, but then as soon as it dropped, they stopped talking about it. <laughs> I, don't know I know why. that was so it, I mean I just literally remember the song dropping and then that's it like I hadn't heard and and at the time I didn't realize that the Hilding that they collabed with was uh Nat's fave yeah from Sistar yeah I didn't realize that because I didn't because I was like I thought she was some like random JYP artist because <laughs> I like that I don't think they had a music video for that so. no 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 it literally was like they promoted it like a couple times and then it dropped and then that was it. <laughs> yeah. It's a decent song though. It is. I, I ended up keeping it. I ended up keeping it. It's not downloaded to my phone, but like it's in my streaming. Um, of course, Prison by Shiny. Replay, P- but not Replay by Shiny, but Replay PM127 or 127 by NCT 127. Check that out. That was on their regular, irregular album. That is a really good, if you like a nice little, it's like a vibe. It's, I, I want to say it's like house genre. If you like that, then that, that's for you. Um, love scenario, <laughs> snuck into my playlist. Um, Serendipity by BTS Jimin. Tempo by EXO. I only listened to it once, but needless to say, I didn't take it off my phone. So apparently I remembered liking it. Uh, View by Shiny, um, 180 Degrees by Ben, Home by BTS, Run Back to You by NCT 127. That's another song I only listened to a couple of times, but um, in terms of this last round of listening to all the songs on my phone, but if you like a little eclectic bop, that's one for you. Um, Stylish by Luna, Satellite by Luna, Regular, the English version by NCT127, Move by Temin, um, Stoneheart by Temin, Thirsty by Temin. What is that song by 101? It's in, I know the Korean name, but can you guys help me out with the English name? The one that we put on our um, top 25? I oh, is it like energetic or something like that? I don't think it's energetic. I it's, don't know any more than one songs. Uh, let me. Do Google. you feel the same? That's all. I'm. I'm gonna cut that singing part out because y'all not about to roast me. <laughs> <laughs> you sung in the podcast before. Yeah, you sounded good. Come on, I did. <laughs> when? Just I didn't know you have. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Destiny, Spring Breeze, One's Place, Flower Bomb, One Love, Deeper, Hide and Seek, Awake. Start pine tree beautiful. Uh, let's see if there's anything else that they released. Oh, it was it was called light light light. Oh, maybe it's a different album than this one. Okay. Oh, yeah, light. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, it made our like top like twenty five songs of the decade or something like that. Um, and then of oh, course, yeah. huh? Oh no, no, go sorry. And then these songs, for some reason, I've been the next the next songs I'm about to name. It's a lot, y'all. I'm sorry, but I have to tell you all of them because I haven't been really doing my 
you know, currently listening to very well. Um, Lily Liabai by Seventeen, that song, even without the performance video, it, it actually goes. I really like that song. So y'all wanna, might want to check that out. It's by Seventeen's performance team. Um, of course, Black Swan, that'll forever be a bop. Uh, uh, what's that song by TXT? Crown? their debut song y'all roasted me for liking that song but that little song is cute so i'm not about to um change it up just because y'all roasted me um body talk by red velvet of course um and then there's this song it's a k-hip-hop song so i know i'm probably gonna get roasted for this by nat but it's called skip and kiss by ck and i remember talking about it a long time ago on a podcast that song is still good like two years later so yeah i would check that out um, too fast by Super M. Um, what what is uh good? Uh, don't want to cry by Seventeen. I was thinking of the English name. If I by Seventeen's um hip hop team, I guess that's what they're called. It's their rap line. Um, Decalcomania by it's the demo that Jungkook released last year. I've been listening to that. Home by Seventeen, which also I think made our top 100 or maybe it was just outside of it. I don't remember exactly. Seesaw by BTS Sugar. Um, Egoist by Luna. Colors by Luna. And then we go up by NCT Dream. That song is so cute. And I've been listening to that. Go by NCT Dream. That song goes. Check it out. Back to You, a.k.a. AM 127 by NCT 127. Check that out for sure. Actually, I think Ash and Nat, we're going to have to check that out on the show because I think you guys will like this song. Just my personal opinion. Because I know y'all don't give you NCT a chance, but I think y'all will like this song. Um, Magic Island by TXT. Fancy by Twice. Um, Pie Piper by BTS. And then for my last K-pop track that I've really been listening to, Nat, you might scream when I say it. So you can go ahead and unmute your mic so that you can get ready to scream. I'm ready. When I say it. I'm ready. I've been listening to Fiance by, by Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> I got you with Body Talk and now I got you with Fiance. That's literally, I, I, I swear, I kid you not. Like, that's like, I have played that song, I think, more than almost all the other the K-pop songs. Yes. and you know what like when it first came out i really really was not feeling it but then like something about when we listen to it again to do our ranking for the top 25 of the decade or whatever something about it was like this song is actually really good which is (laughs) funny because ash hates that song so (laughs) but never said i I hated it it's just not my a strong dislike it's more like indifference Indifference. Okay, fair enough. Um, that's the K-pop. And then in terms of the um, like Western music I've been listening to, the main song I've been having on repeat, you guys have got to check this artist out. Um, his name is Pink Sweats. That's his stage name. He's got a song called Body Ain't Me. Y'all have got to check that out. Like, for I think, real. I think I actually have that, phone, that song on my, um, um, on my iTunes, maybe? Or I've heard it before. I think it was like a maybe one of those like best of the twenty of twenty nineteen uh, YouTube videos. I think they mentioned it, and I meant to put it on here. But body ain't me, right? Is what you said it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a try. 
Yeah, no, I think you guys have got to check that out. Check him out as an artist. Like, he's got a lot of, like, vibey songs, like I'll say. Um, definitely not club music, but it's, like, chill music, you know, kind of in the same vein as, like, SZA and her and, like, those kind of artists. So, okay, yeah, so that's what I've been listening to. I know it was a lot, um, but I definitely recommend you guys listen to NCT 127 or one two seven, however you say it, and um, seventeen in terms of K-pop. Like I noticed, a lot of the songs <clears throat> on my phone um, come from those two groups, and I don't know why. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it probably won't be that long. <laughs> uh, but uh, what have I been listening to? So Luna's Eclipse, Dreamcatchers, Deja Vu. And there was another song that I was kind of listening to in tandem with those two songs. Uh, what was it? Oh, Closer by Oh My Girl. I've been listening to Dun Dun by Everglow. I've been listening to Mino's Fiance. I've been listening to Fancy's Why and uh, Zico's Auntie. And what else have I been listening to? If it pops up, I've been listening to Fancy too, like you know, on YouTube suggestions and things like that. But outside of that, uh, oh, what I have actually been listening to a lot more on my phone and not more like, not really like on YouTube and things like that is Wavy's Love Talk. I am oh, yeah. with this song. I think I told you, German last week. Yeah. I have been listening to the song almost every day because <laughs> it's such a good song. It kind of reminds me of like Jodeci. And they're freak, freaking you and stuff like that. Like that era. I don't know. Like it, obviously it is a lot cleaner than what Jodeci was giving us, but <laughs> it still reminds me of that kind of vibe. So I really love Wavy's um, Love Talk. And uh, oh, I've been listening to also Double uh, S 301 and their song Your Man because I just discovered it on YouTube. Oh, sorry, on um, Apple Music. Because I couldn't find it for the longest time. So I could only listen to the song on YouTube. But I discovered it on Apple Music. So now I've like been sort of making up for last time. Because I love that. It's like, it's kind of a corny, boy, typical boy band song. But I love it so much. I just, I don't know why I love it. It's just such a good song. Like everything, like the melody, the, the, the instrumental, the singing, the rapping, the dance moves. And that music video is so dated. I don't know. I just really love it. So I've been listening to that a lot. And then in terms of non-K-pop, I've been listening to... Wait, did you just say NCT? Wavy, yeah. No, you said something about was something that was dated. Oh, no, that's double S 301. Oh, never mind, I don't care no more. I'm just playing, I'm just playing. I care. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, okay, so I will say that because I was listening to NCT Wavy, uh, or Wavy, I don't know if they say it like... They literally just say Wavy. They never say okay, NCT. Sure. Okay, okay. But because of that, because I was listening to that, YouTube did recommend, um, what did I listen to? I listened to Regular again, and it was better this time that I listened to it. So actually, like, I, I wouldn't say that I went back to listen to it, but it's not like I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is a shitty song or whatever. I actually really liked it when I listened to it again. Uh, what else did they play? Oh, you know what? I have been listening to The Seventh Sense a lot as well, too. Because <laughs> that is just, I mean, perfect perfection you know it is what it is uh and what other i think cherry bomb i think i listened to a bit as well too 
So I have been listening to some more NCT. Maybe I'll move on to B-sides and see how I feel about the, those now. But Well, um, I mean, sure. of course, as an, I suspect that you're an intellectual. So <laughs> I would suspect that you would go okay. ahead and take that dive. Um, yeah. If not, I, I will definitely revoke your intellectual status. Okay, keep going. Oh, uh, actually, I will say that I have been re-listening to Jopping lately, and it sounds much better than I remember it sounding. <laughs> I, I, I am DC. Sorry? No, I, I just find that so funny. I don't know what it was, but like it would, because, you know, like, at, like I was telling you, but I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but like at work sometimes, you know, I'll just have like a music mix going on in the background because YouTube like goes by your rec- what you listen to and they recommend playlists. So I'll just like pop my headphones in and put it on and sort of just like, like I'll have it playing in the background while I'm doing my work. And they, um, <clears throat> they, they recommend all like songs that I listen to and also, but songs from this, those artists that I maybe don't check for. So like Japan came up a lot because I had, uh, Timmins press your number actually which is something else I was listening to a lot last week and they had uh seven cents and wavy so of course they would play dropping as well too I mean it's completely connected and I was just like this song is a good song like <laughs> I mean we roasted it because it's corny but yes like it has not aged at all I feel like it has gotten better like I kind of feel that yeah I, I feel where you're coming from I don't know what it is, but it's just, it sounds so good now. And I'm just like, like wanting to listen to it. Obviously like Too Fast is still <laughs> top tier, but yeah. that song is, is definitely doing it. Oh, and obviously like Tempo by EXO. I mean, let's be real. That's, that's like that and Overdose. Those are my top tier EXO. Like that, well, Ashi and also Kami Baby. Those three would be probably be like my top tier EXO songs, but Tempo is definitely something that comes up a lot too on this playlist and I really 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 enjoy it what I did notice and I think I also mentioned this to you German last week or maybe someone else there was like a lot of super junior songs that were coming up on these playlists oh yeah you and did I say like, that I was kind of surprised about it because I mean I don't really look for super junior music you know like not like not every day anyways and if I do it's you is usually the only song that I listen to but like I would say like they were, I was seeing Super Junior every like fifth song and I had to like delete it from the playlist because I was like, listen, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to listen to this. I might listen to Devil, but I don't want to listen to this. So it was kind of strange to be honest, but uh, I I think it's like the algorithm or whatever. So I have definitely fixed that where the Super Junior will not be as prevalent. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, those are the songs. I've been listening to a lot more boy groups than girl groups lately which is not it's not like me at all uh because i've been also still listening to a tease and an astro so it, it is very very strange that if you look at my playlist they're pretty much all boy groups right now because <laughs> that's that's what i've been feeling lately i guess i don't know um, hey boy groups do have like i mean I, I i i know you don't usually listen to them but i mean they do have like there are good boy group songs like it, really good boy group songs so like I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't take that as like a slight on your music taste. I think it's not no, no, a bad no. thing. No, it's no, all I mean, trash groups. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's fine. Like, it's just, as I said, it's more unlike me because mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I usually don't listen to so many boy groups. And if I do, it's like, I'll listen to, Sh- to Shinoa like all day or I'll listen to Big Bang all day, you know, more so than such a wide diversity of boy groups or boy or male artists, you know, um, like if we include Minnow and uh, Fancy, uh, sorry, and uh, and uh, Zico and um, Fancy Child and stuff like that, like it's it's totally unlike me. <laughs> so it was kind of strange, but I'm I'm just rolling with it. Like, you know, flavor right now, right? Uh, in terms of, non-k-pop i've been listening to uh one direction very strange uh, but i don't know I was girl what songs have you been listening to now i need to know okay so i was listening to more than that i was listening to more than uh, this maybe more than this. yeah sorry that's the name of the song i was listening to uh kiss you i was listening oh. to uh you and i which is actually my favorite one direction song I mean, Zane's high note at the end of that song is like looking at God. It, it's so good. When he does it live, it's even yes. more like, honestly, if, if Zane ever wanted, if Zane ever joined a K-pop group, he would easily out sing like 90% of the industry. Oh. Like, <laughs> and his group. So yeah, it's not surprising. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not hard to, out, I mean, not trying to be rude, but it's kind of not hard yeah. to out sing the One Direction guys, but for him to out sing, yeah, you know, he could easily out sing the industry. So yeah, uh, but also like Zane's Let Me is one of my favorite songs, like hands down. One of it's actually probably my favorite song from him. And wow. so I was listening to that, and I was listening to his his the version of Sh- is it, I don't know if it's Shade or Shade or whatever their trampoline song. There's a there's a remix with with Zane on it, and I've been listening to that like every day. Um, and have you heard Harry's um, that song that he came out with that was like kind of controversial what's it I, called I think it's called Light I haven't listened to any new Harry Styles I do like Sign of the Times like that's a song that I do go back to often I just I don't know I tried the first album and I didn't like anything else on the album so oh I, I literally I have not listened to Harry since One Direction but except oh. for the, the Light song I believe yeah. it's called because everybody the music video is kind of like kind of controversial um, okay. I mean, not to me, but to the general public. Um, okay. And they were, uh, it was playing. I was like calling customer service or something like that. And it was like playing while I was waiting. I was like, huh, this song is, uh, it's okay. It's like about being bisexual or something. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I know that he was doing the whole like gender neutral, gender fluid kind of like fashion style lately um i don't know anything else about him because i don't really well i don't know if it's about him being bisexual i think it's just like about like bisexuality in general in general okay okay i mean i know there was a bit of controversy with liam because liam was like oh "Um, yeah yeah, (laughs) because liam thinks he's like r kelly or something like that or like usher you know like you know those sexy yeah yeah like i feel like that like he thinks he's doing like bump and grind or some shit like that i don't know but i was kind of like um no thank you liam nobody likes any of your music i no, hate to and the sad no, thing is he's not even like a really bad singer no. he's just kind of makes bad music <laughs> and like yeah. makes horrible decisions so yeah and that's the thing like in, in one direction i actually really liked him Harry and Zane, like as vocalists, like I feel like yeah. they were the ones, the only ones singing. And I mean, I love now, um, or however you pronounce it. I don't know. But I, I I, you seem like a type that will love now. He's just so sweet and and wholesome and endearing, and he just always has a smile on his face, and he's always trying hard. I like him. Um, he's like 
the perfect perfect Hufflepuff. So that's probably why I do like him. Wow. Um, because <laughs> that's my house um, yeah but I yeah I mean him and Liam were pretty much unnecessary <laughs> in one direction so I was like you mean him and Louis Louis yeah you're right sorry well not play guitar towards the end I mean not yeah. much but he did he attempt an attempt was made how about that yeah. but yeah I get what you mean uh what else have I listened to oh Dua Lipa's um don't start now which time is- for me to mute because <laughs> i ain't got nothing nice to say so oh i love that song i like the disco vibes alone are just like perfection so i've been listening to that a lot as well and uh just like normal like i've been listening to like kevin garrett like always and i've been listening to uh bit more rock ish like kings of leon um alternate uh i guess folk music with mumford and sons and you somebody Oh, see, Kings of that's Leon, my favorite song from them. I basically have all their albums um, on my thing. Them between them and like Mumford and Sons, I'm like a huge, huge fan. And uh, with Kings of Leon, uh, I think By the Nights was the name of that album, and that was like Sex on Fire. Use somebody. No I don't like Sex on Fire. Really, that was the first song from them that I heard, and I was just like enthralled i was just like who are these people i need to know everything and from there i've been like a huge 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 yeah only by the name sorry that's the name problem and closer closer is actually my favorite song from kings of leon oh i thought you was talking about that song with uh cigarette smokers no thank you no 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 closer by only by the night is on like my writing playlist. That's how good of a song it is because it's like hmm. it is so so good. And like wait for me and Temple and like uh, find me from their latest album. Like oh, I can talk forever about Kings of Leon, but I won't. So <laughs> um and that my list is not gonna be as long as Jimin's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry guys. I'm sorry. I just like for me when I start talking about music, I can just like it's it's just word vomit I guess in some ways because it's just like everything you know like I've listened to Muse I've been listening to Keen the Killers Coldplay uh it's just everything um because I've been just making a whole bunch of playlists and I have tons of playlists on my phone so uh I've just sort of been alternating between them and I listened to like 80s music yesterday so as you can see I am musically everywhere <laughs> but yes that's it for me Ash what you been listening to well, there is one song that I have went back to since the last time we met. And I was even surprised by my Good. choice in music. If you say Pentagon, I'm a... <laughs> now I need to know. It was Dr. Baby. Pentagon! It was Dr. Baby. I, it, to be fair, it appeared on one of my YouTube like music list. It was on YouTube music where they have like the little list they curate for you. And it was like one of like two K-pop songs on the list. And I listened to it again because it was on the list. And it's I mean despite the title of the song, it's it's not so bad. I mean it gives me like throwback early two thousands pop tease. 
And yeah, I'm not gonna roast you. Actually, <laughs> like I feel that because I I think Pentagon they make some cute music. I mean, not a lot, not even more than once, but they did at one. They did one song that was good. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not like the best song, but I just like I felt it. You know, I was like, okay, I, I kind of want to listen to this. So, you know, I was a big boy band girl in the like early 2000s so it's like it fills a void for me in some respects so that was my one pick from the past week or so all right now comebacks do we have so for comebacks uh, anybody have anything to say about any of the MVs we saw, any of the comebacks that we watched together or any of the teasers we've seen? Well, let's, uh, let's, well I was going to say, let's just like kind of talk about some of the comebacks that have already happened. So, so far, we've in the month of February that I can remember since our last episode, I should say, we've had Cart, Comeback, Pentagon, Master X. And Eyes One, I'm pretty sure it's Eyes One when I read the Hangul. Um, I I know Nat is a huge card stand. Um, Ash is a huge Pentagon stand. What did you guys think of their comebacks? Okay, <laughs> I did not like cards to come back. I'll be very honest with you. Uh, I did not like it. I have listened to it exactly one time, and uh, I'm good. I am only awaiting Dreamcatcher's comeback tomorrow, I believe. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. But that would be the only comeback that I have, that I think is going to be uh, positive, completely positive for me. So, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. I haven't listened to the new Monster X English album. Um, actually, I'll probably try to listen to it tomorrow or later today. Um, because I do like, who do you love minus the French Montana on it. So I'm hoping that the rest of their English music is as good as that. Okay. Well, what did well, you think of middle of the night? Cause that was English from Monster X. Yeah. I haven't listened to any of the Monster X. Like the new middle thing. of the night came out last year. Oh, is that the one with um, Steve Aoki or Aoki? They had a Steve Aoki track. Yeah. We watched it on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, like it's it's like a vibey song. Yeah, you I remember, remember that one. one. That one was that. pretty good. I, I, I actually like remember liking everything that uh, Monster X released last year in English. So I probably yeah. did like that. Okay, so, not the Korean, but the English. Yes, agree. <laughs> okay. Ash, did you 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 mentioned it was pretty good? Did you like it? Oh, what? Oh, I was talking about the Steve Aoki, oh, the Steve Aoki track, song? but I haven't heard Monster. I do have some teas on like public, like, well, K-pop fans or international K-pop fans response to the album, but um, I haven't listened to it myself. Okay. Do you have any, I know you mentioned you like, you know, you were vibing to the Pentagon song. Did you listen to their whole album? I actually listened to another song of theirs, Asteroid, which was okay. I didn't like it as much as Dr. BB. I feel like, though, with Pentagon, that I mean, it's not like 
revolutionary or anything for them, but the direction that they're going is probably the best for them since getting rid of Edon, trying not to replicate what he did because, you know, he obviously had a very specific sound and, you know, he had a specific way of producing and putting together songs that gave them a very distinctive sound in the beginning and since losing him it's probably best to separate themselves from that as much as possible so i think going in this super pop direction while it's not ideal i think but nobody i don't say nobody else is doing it because i mean there's somebody doing the the retro pop thing i'm sure but I think it's a good direction for them to go into. I think it's better than trying to replicate the past. So. Yeah. Matt, do you agree with that? Uh, I do. I think, I don't know. I'm kind of just like, you know, when you feel like you are so in tune with what you like musically and then you realize you don't know anything. I feel like that's how I am with music right now. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, I I mean yeah yes <laughs> what about the NCT 127 teasers I have not seen those oh but goodness. the topic list says teasers are lit so I'm assuming that the teasers are good yes girl so the teasers <laughs> okay like you guys know how I can get so the teasers look really really good I mean in I, I believe from the teasers they're trying to go for like that retro concept you know like at the beginning of the year they had like a little gift song for the fans that was like um like it looked like it was like a 90s r&b set like it was a voice to men music video with like how remembers are in nct that's basically <laughs> yeah um i i get the vibe that they're gonna do that and i and you know sm kind of has a habit of doing that with their groups i mean they had exos come back last year was basically a tribute to the 90s and then shiny had a tribute to the 90s uh with um one of one so or you know 90s r&b so um i i could see that i think that that's the vibe they're going for but i think they're going for more of the more of an edgier version like because you know how like 90s r&b you had like your smooth r&b you had your new jack swing and then you had your more like um like almost like hip-hop you know what i mean like bobby brown yeah but like bobby brown was still like, harder yeah like a little harder than bobby brown like i don't even know where like i would Mary? classify Mary J. Blige, kind yeah of. like probably Mary, yeah like mary j blige actually would be like, like her first good. album was the one when yeah 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 her entire styling actually everything that bad boy did with like the the styling of their artists in that area well misa hilton really it wasn't i mean she was the stylist for bad boy um like nct 127 is like taking that same style um so i'm interested to see what they do with it just because i like that kind of music um and i feel like if out of all of the k-pop groups today like the the fourth gen i should say or third late third gen early fourth gen nct has the vocals to do it like there's honestly there's no fourth gen group that's like touching nct vocally so i'm interested to see about that so yeah the teasers are really good y'all want to watch it 
Oh, I didn't know they actually had like two. It's like it's like like one minute and thirty seconds. It's not long. Okay, we can. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, um, like just talking about like the concepts and stuff like that. Limitless, because Limitless Mm -hmm. itself was very like early '90s sort of uh, vibe. Like it wasn't as musically, but visually it was. with like the army outfits and they had like uh like the sort of like this I don't know if it was the style that they recorded it kind of came across like it was a, a regular video recorder um mm-hmm. but that whole vibe itself and vocals like the especially the harmonies on it I it kind of gave me that feel as well too this one seems like it's a more polished version of that like that was kind of childish this what I've been seeing lately on on um Twitter, Twitter yeah seems like it's a lot more not quite adult because they still kind of look like babies, but you know, <laughs> definitely a bit more polished. If you're gonna look for that, I guess I talk will. About the yeah, the other comebacks. Uh, I mean, the elephant in the room is BTS is coming back at the end of the week. Why is that the elephant? Uh, because people get mad when we do talk about BTS, and then it's <laughs> like it's kind of like, well, we kind of have to because you know. <laughs> it's it's k-pop and bts is a huge aspect of k-pop guys yes like we can't not talk about them like it's just not gonna happen and then you know you get mad because we do and we're not like fawning over them i guess and it's just like that's why i kind of feel like not apprehensive but also but kind of in a sense because you know you can't always say good things about everybody you know (laughs) But we're not here, like, okay, I'm going to go on record. We're not here to malign anybody, except for Jay Park. (laughs) I mean, we did call our, like, when we were doing our categories, we were like, that's a Jay Park. (laughs) So, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I mean, and okay, I want to make it clear. We are not trying to be malicious to Jay Park, like, in a, like, you know, mean-spirited way, just out for no reason. I feel like Jay Park does and says a lot of messed up stuff. And I feel like it is within our rights of freedom of speech to be able to criticize and react to what he's saying. Especially like when he, especially because he has this whole era of like almost like he thinks he's no, he, he knows black culture better than we do or you know what I mean like it's just yeah. kind of strange to me but absolutely anyway. I mean if Jay Park seems like from by all accounts by like actual black people who have been in Korea and stuff like that they actually like Jay Park and they say he's a cool dude who like you know has a, always like a really positive attitude and, and a good vibe so I mean I'm sure that Jay Park is not really intentionally trying to be that dude but as you said like he does he is that dude though yeah i know (laughs) i know um and that's the unfortunate part about it right uh but he does say things that are inflammatory and just straight up wrong and yeah we should be able to criticize that yeah and 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 as that extends to bts um when i i I think i kind of want to make a clarification at least on my behalf i'm not speaking for anybody else yeah i critique bts because i actually think that they are talented and i think that they are um sort of above what they've been putting out musically and i critique critique 
armies on army behavior. I could take really any fan base on their behavior. I mean, it's not just armies. It's just that armies are the most visible, right? Um, because all fandoms have trash people. I mean, we've spent entire episodes talking about twice fans who are stalkers. You know, yeah. like it's not, I think armies sometimes take it a little personally, which I get. But at the same time, it's not only armies <laughs> that get this critique. No. Um, and we critique ourselves, even as, like I said, as individuals, we know that some sometimes in the past on our podcast, we may have said something that later on we thought about it. And we were like, oh, I don't, you know, maybe I need to clarify what I said or maybe I need to, you know what I mean? Apologize or whatever may be the case. And we are not above that. However, I don't think that means that like we should automatically stop critiquing like idol culture and K-pop culture, you know? I, I think that would be disingenuous. That's not what our podcast is about. We we like to be honest and have fun, but and we also like to be nice and like you know what I mean. We also like we like to like things. I mean, yeah. literally, we stand, we sit up here, and we stand a group that y'all still keep sleeping on. K Tiger Zero. I don't know why y'all keep sleeping on them, but we're trying to we're trying to uh, do our best out here to do the good to do good work. So. Um, yeah, please don't take it personally. Um, and I guess that's why, like, you know, Nat mentioned that anytime we talk about BTS, it's the elephant in the room because either people don't want us to talk about it or if we do talk about it or they want us, like, if we don't talk about it, it's like, oh, y'all don't talk about BTS. But if we do talk about it, it's why isn't everything you say about BTS absolutely perfect, you know? Yes. And that's the thing. Like, we... We come on here to have fun, but we also come on here to be honest. And even if that honesty means a couple episodes later, you know, we're like, oh, you know, I thought this song was crap and now I like it. Or, you know, I didn't think this group was talented or whatever. And now, you know, I'm seeing the light. Like, those are things that we have come on here and, and said as well, too. Like, these are things we're honest about because we are people. Yeah. <laughs> to change our minds. Hello. Uh, but as you can tell, we do love talking about things that we love to talk about. That's why we had like a two hour episode about Super M and their mini album, <laughs> you know, like. I mean, yeah, if we, I put it like this too. Like, I know that Ash and Nat, I don't know. I'm not necessarily speaking for them, but I will say that on our podcast, we don't really talk about things that we don't want to talk about in some respect. Yes. So th to me, you, that's kind of a compliment to a lot of these artists that we do kind of, obviously if we're talking about something you did that was trash, like that's totally different. Like, like the sundry situation, that's totally different. But if we're talking about your comeback or we're talking about, you know what I mean? Like we're trying to, we're, inquiring about this those sorts of things i think that that you could almost you could take that as a saying well we do want to talk about this we're interested in this this is a topic that we feel like um our listeners are interested in as well so yeah i think don't take it the wrong way right nat yeah no absolutely and that's the thing like we we go through like what's what's popping in, pop, in k-pop but we don't talk about everything as you guys probably notice because there's certain things that we're just not interested in talking about and I mean, if you guys want us to talk about something, then you can message us. You know, we have different uh, parts of social media that you can connect with us about. And we'll definitely give it a try. Like, we're totally open to listening to things, watching things, and if you want to hear our opinion on it. But at this point, we can only go by what we want to talk about, what we're enthused about, and what we want 
to maybe work towards liking better if if that's also the case because i mean i i'm not obviously like a huge bts fan but there's something there in the group that i think could you know maybe work for me be- a bit better and so i'm when they dropped black swan i was there listening to it and i you know i do like the song and so it's it's like it's hard. <laughs> it can be kind of hard because you don't want to be too negative, but also you want to be honest about something about these things and these topics and and, and if that honestly them. just happens to be negative, then yeah. And that's the thing. Like, anyways, you guys, you guys know how to hit us up. If you yeah, have, I mean, people have in the past like requested us talk about different things, and, and we have so or like requested to feature on the show or something like that. And you know, we see what we can do to make that happen. So. Yeah, it's 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 in your hands, guys. Yeah. So yeah. So now that we have like had that disclaimer, yes. Um, I don't know how. I don't honestly, in terms of being excited for the comeback, I was like, like a couple weeks ago. But you know how like when you feel like something just kind of drags on and it like yes. takes too long. Yes, I and, think their album dropped already. To be honest with you, yeah, I feel like sometimes when these companies promote albums, and it's not just like a BTS thing; it's like a music industry thing. Yes. Like it, sometimes it's it's strange because the only album I can remember that was dropped, like like either you have to you have to drop it at a perfect time. Like you can't start promoting months before, which unfortunately like big hit kind of started teasing this months ago with the tour thing. But you also can't just do it like the day of unless, I mean, you're like Beyonce or (laughs) and you can just drop an album and then everybody listens to it. You know what I mean? Um, But you have to find that perfect spot because you don't want people to get bored, but you also want people to be prepared so that they have the money to be able to buy the album. So I I still want to hear what's going to come out black swan was good and like other songs have been really decent like i I mean black swan is definitely on my playlist i talk about it every episode so i'm interested i think my excitement is more so for nct right now though because nct i think they just kind of sm just kind of had the promotion schedule that was like a little bit of a better promotion schedule to me it wasn't as drawn out with like all these side projects it just kind of getting to the point (laughs) sort of thing I don't know. What do you think, Ash, Nat? Oh, no, I was just going to say that, uh, I mean, SM has really great Black producers, so I'm sure the song for NCT 127 will be good. So. So, I, what, what, what about, like, because when I mentioned NCT, I just mentioned in the sense that, like, I feel like their promotion for this, their upcoming album has been more digestible than bts's promotion and that's why i'm more excited for their album so do you feel like promotion has Hmm. something uh do you feel how big of a role i feel do you feel it plays with like comebacks and like the timing of the comeback i mean i think it can it depends on the group like i think with bts at this point for the fans it doesn't really matter what they do they could give them crumbs and you know do whatever and but you know for other groups obviously and it depends on what market they're trying to corner as well that that depends on what their strategy is going to be for for like promoting and i think like most k-pop groups tend to follow like the typical k-pop cycle of promotion you know they put out some teasers they put out a few um 
pictures, you know, from the album and they come out with the MV and usually it'll come out the same day as the actual album. And then they'll go on the music shows and wash, rinse and repeat. So, I mean, NCT 127, I'm not sure. Has it been verified whether they're going to do anything in America or anywhere else with this new? Um, I'm not sure. Because the strange thing is, is Super M is touring right now. So I guess I'm just kind of confused about when Taeyong and Mark are going to go back to like, when are they going to have time, I guess, to like do Super M stuff and then also do NCT 127 stuff. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how, how those schedules align. So I don't know how that's going to work out. But um, I know that Taeyong and Mark are a part of this comeback. So it's good. They got to work it out somehow. And I, honestly, in terms of the music shows, this is going to sound really strange, but I can't remember like an international boy group doing a music show in the past year. Can you guys think of any like like I, BTS did it? Well, you know, maybe they did a music some music shows last year. I don't know. Monster X never did. I thought they were still performing. Oh, you know what? Maybe they did promote. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> remember do, um, the the music shows. They didn't do them long. But they did do them um, because they did uh, they did some of their B sides as well. But did dropped, it, okay. I think album. what happened is is maybe Red Velvet got um, the All Kill or something like that around the same time that BTS was promoting their album last year. Uh, okay, so they probably yeah maybe they didn't win as much as you know you would have expected then. I guess yeah, I think that's probably why I don't remember it as well. But also, Super M did. Um, like a couple of, of music shows. Super into well, Korean music shows? Yeah, because they did, um, there were a couple that, I, I, I remember specifically them doing one. So I've seen that they might have done a couple, but I remember specifically them doing dropping once um, on, I don't know if it was Music Bank or what it was, I'm gonna look it up right now, but they did do uh, one or two of these. <laughs> Okay, because I I legit do not remember like I in my brain I'm racking my mind for like the last time I actually sat there and watched like an M countdown performance or something. And the last time I watched those types of performances, I think it was twice, was the very last group that I watched do a music show performance. Okay. Um so yeah, they did something called this is oop, let me turn the volume down. Uh or maybe I'm mistaken this was not um like a Korean show, but I think it was like a, it was for Cocoa. I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, that sounds Japanese. Hmm. I had thought this was for uh, Korea, to be honest. Let me see. But maybe it is. Cause I like, when I saw it, I, I knew it wasn't for like, <laughs> I knew it wasn't in America. So I was kind of assuming that it was for uh, the Korean market, but maybe I'm in- mistaken about that too. How do you spell it? K O. K O, hold on, uh, K O C O W A, K O C O W A. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, interesting. Okay, Kakoa is an American online video streaming website. Oh, it headquartered okay. in L A. So they did do um, SBA, SBS. Sorry, they okay. did shopping, supercar, and I can't stand in the rain. So I know I remember seeing them do some sort of form of Korean um, promotions. 
And but that looks like it's the only one that they did. Oh, okay. Very interesting. I mean, very, very interesting. I feel like I haven't seen a big group on a Korean like music show in a while. So that's interesting to hear. Yeah. Oh, Cocoa stream main broadcasting channels, NBC, KBS, SBS, K pop, K dramas, K variety content 24 7. Hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'm, I kind of, I kind of want some groups to do some Korean music shows. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, you said what? No, no, I was going to say I was pretty much agreeing because I feel like I haven't actually watched, uh, one of those like Omona post about like music bank or whatever in so long. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like all the big groups, obviously like a lot of my groups have disbanded as well, but like a lot of these big groups don't do it anymore. Yeah, like it's like they kind of do their own thing or they promote in America, honestly. I kind of see why, because I mean, from what I understand, I mean, doing the music shows is a huge grind. Mm. I mean, it's basically several times a week and you're going up there and you're performing and you're practicing. And so I think honestly, and it's kind of seen as something that you do to pay your dues when you're new because you have to get out there and it's the only way really that you can promote and, you know, and get known is if you get on the music show and do well and win an award but I think even in general even before now like you would see the bigger groups the bigger you get or the longer the more longevity they have I think even before like the groups went international you the bigger ones would still not perform as often so I think it's a thing like once you kind of get you know up there you know you kind of are like okay you don't have to do the music shows as much anymore yeah I actually have noticed that because I don't think I've ever seen Big Bang I mean I've seen them I guess in their younger years um do stuff like that but honestly I don't think I've ever seen a Big Bang performance on like a music show in a while like like they did from like made and stuff but it was definitely like you know, they would do one or two, you know, special performances, you know, yeah. of like. Yeah, but wasn't it like one of those special, like, where it's just, the, you know, like, because I remember um, BTS did something like that for their um, Tear album, where it wasn't like they went on the music show and performed, but it wasn't like they weren't a part of the weekly competition. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I mean, I think they're put into the competition, like, if they, if they are like if they sell enough albums they'll be eligible anyway but they don't really go on there to compete so to speak anymore you know no, that's why yeah. they don't they don't bother performing week after week because they don't have to yeah i think though with big bang when they did F it and last dance i want to say is that last song that they did uh, it felt more like a goodbye, we're going to the army kind of situation. And with a lot of like the really big groups, they'll they'll do like show, like they won't do performances for everybody in the audience. They're going to have their own segment where their own fans come in and it's just, you know, blue balloons or whatever, depending on who the group is. And that's how it is, because that's how it was for their last comeback before they, they started the army. Um, and I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's probably what, happened with bts as well too where it it was kind of like a close set and it was just their fans and so you could see like how popular they are and you know all this and they can have room for everybody and yeah but they don't really as you said like compete with other people they're not there to like (laughs) 
be, I don't know, dream catcher or like a tease or something like they're not there, you know, to compete with anybody. They're like, they're already legends kind of in their own regard. But you'll notice though, when uh, groups are not sort of in their prime anymore, that's when they do come back and they do the full grind. Because like Shinwa does, does that, Seshkis does that as well. So uh, with their most recent comeback, so it's like you hit a plateau and, you know, you're so huge, you're so popular, you get like these special perks and whatever. And then, you know, you're not the biggest group anymore and you have to come back and you have to do every single weekly show and you have to get yourself out there and promote and, you know, be close to your fans and things. So it is like this really interesting and weird cycle, I feel like, because as you mentioned, no big group like Blackpink did maybe two performances. Oh my God. (laughs) You know what? Let's talk about Blackpink for a second. So I know on last episode, I mentioned that I really want them to come back. I feel like it's not boring right now because it's like the start of the year. It's not like, you know what I mean? But I kind of feel like for some reason they get the girls in their feelings. And I love the drama that comes with a Blackpink comeback. (laughs) I really want a Blackpink comeback. And I also feel like I feel like their music has this weird quality to it to where I pretty much never like it. And I always think it sounds like noise, but I feel like it's strange because usually people say like, oh, usually that comment is reserved for boy groups. But I feel that way about Blackpink. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, it's like I like them, but I don't like like them music. Like, I don't know what it is. It's something about them. They have it's probably the YG effect. Like. I think that's that could be what it is because it's like I feel that same way about Bobby. Like, you know how people say Bobby is ugly, ugly cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the girls ain't ugly, but I'm just saying. Like, it's, it's that same kind of vibe where it's like, why do I feel attracted to this like situation? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about Blackpink's situation a little bit later. Because, oh, we will. Yeah, they're they on the docket. The news. Yeah, they're on the docket. Oh. Okay, so well, we'll, looking we'll, forward to that. What did you guys, I, I want your guys' cold hard opinions on what was going on those uh, teasers, because I got thoughts. I mean... I'm not going to give my thoughts, but... Yeah. I mean, I'll wait to see the actual product, because, like, right now, I'm just like... It's like, they just look like they're trying to be down <laughs> at this point. And the song itself... I don't know whether I'll like it or not, just because that type of sound is not my thing. But that snippet that was in the teaser sounded all right. I mean, I'm sure like they'll the track will be fine. Like, and they'll. Oh, sound. you think that's the song? Oh, I I mean I don't know. Like, it just oh. sounds like something that might come off of the album. I mean, it sounds oh. like what you were describing, like that '90s hip hop sound that they yeah. might be doing. So but what I something. listened to was like there was singing in it. So I don't know if maybe it was like a you know how like sometimes stuff leaks. I don't know if that's what it was, but it had music to it. It was on Twitter. Um, oh okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What'd you think that? It was a bit too like we're trying to be down and we're trying to be hip and cool. It wasn't it didn't really feel authentic yeah i that was where they lost me because it it, sorry to interrupt but like it was like kids you know playing dress up that's what i kind of felt from that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and i mean it could be also because i 
grew up in that time when that was you know mm. fresh so <laughs> I guess it could be like an age <laughs> thing maybe but it did feel a bit <laughs> try hard yeah I I get what you what Ash was saying about co-opting back culture but I also kind of saw some of that like I don't want to say trailer park culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there was yeah. like a, a trailer park element to it. Yeah. Um, With that braided mullet, especially. Yeah. It did feel a bit more trailer park. Yeah. Kind of like um, maybe this is wrong because remember I did not, I was not born in the eighties. So I don't know, but is beastie boys kind of like that. Yeah, it could be. Well, Beastie Boys were kind of like nerdy white dudes who did hip hop. So okay. maybe it like would be Vanilla Ice. Sorry? Vanilla Ice or something? Yeah, Vanilla Ice. I said Cypress Hill too. Okay. <laughs> I can see uh, both. Yeah. You know, because that's kind of like, and Cypress Hill, like, I'm not saying that they were try hard or anything like that either, but, uh, you know, they're not black. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you could go by like their main song, Jump Around, it was like really big on the fact that they were like, I think of Irish or Scottish descent. So there was a lot of that in, in the music videos and stuff like in, in their vibe and stuff too. So that's kind of where um, that sort of comparison came from. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that the actual release is nothing like the tr- these trailers because I'm not a huge fan of them. But I did like Limitless, and that is kind of the same vibe that I'm sensing with this as well. So maybe I will like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks like they dressed, like the dress, the the clothes and the visuals reminded me a bit of Cherry Bomb, but also mm-hmm. like the vibe reminded me of Limitless. So I'm, and I really, I do like both songs. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll see. I'm not going to judge the comeback off of that. I don't want to. So, (laughs) yeah, no, I definitely agree. So, like, I will say the very first teaser, I am optimistic about that particular. I like the look. I like everything about that. That was super authentic to me. Yeah. Because, I I mean, obviously, the authentic factor comes from, I mean, obviously, that teaser was actually, I believe some of those words are Chinese, but. I mean, it's still like taking, I mean, everybody knows that like Korea is heavily influenced by China, you know? So, I mean, they're literally historically like everything, you know, is heavily influenced by, you know, historic ancient Chinese cultures. So that felt way more authentic, of course, for obvious reasons. And I felt like that looked really cool to me. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree Um, in terms of like the looks and the visuals. The other teasers, I did get that feeling of it, it. It was like little kids playing dress up. However, I got this. I get that same exact feeling with almost all of their like hard quote unquote comeback. So like, um, I got that way. I got that feeling from limited, limitless. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I I didn't. I don't get the, get it from their softer comebacks. Like they had a song called Touch. I didn't get the try hard feeling from touch. I didn't, you know what I mean? I don't get that. But even when NCT Dream did go, go was super try hardy, but it was cute at the same time. And it wasn't straight up ripping. I mean, obviously everything in K-pop kind of takes something from black culture, but go was different in how it's hard to describe if you've never seen the go music video <laughs> um, and or heard the song. It's, it kind of sounds like almost slightly EDM ish. So, um, but yeah, I'm not going to judge it based off of these teasers. I am optimistic because I know what they're capable of. And like Matt said, she said she got that vibe of Limitless plus Cherry Bomb. 
I like Cherry Bomb. Limitless is, um, I mean, she can go have a seat somewhere, but I do like Cherry Bomb. So. Okay. So um, next right. Wow. That felt, thank you, Nat, for crushing oh, my dreams. We had all like said what we had to say. And I think we all kind of agreed. You know, there's potential there to be better. No, it was like how you said it. Go (laughs) ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Moving on. Well, speaking of comebacks, Monster X released their newest all English language album, All About Love, on February the 14th. They appeared on the Kelly Clarkson show on the 13th. I did not watch that episode, so I don't know how they did. I'm assuming, though, since they have English language speaker, that he did most of the talking. And we, neither of us has heard the album yet, right? All About Love. So we can't really speak to the quality, although I will say that just from rooting around from some of the non-Mom BB sites, uh, there was some some disappointment in some circles with the album from what I gathered there were some people that felt like it was very I think one person commented that it felt like the like color or the I don't know what you would call it the like quality that makes a Monster X song a Monster X song was not present like that the songs were watered down in some respect and that was what I gathered from a few people. Now, obviously, you know, there are a lot of people that probably loved it and we haven't listened to it yet. So we can, I you know, I personally don't know whether or not, I mean, they did a song with Pitbull. So, I mean, there's that. But what, Nat, I think you said that they debuted on the Billboard charts i don't know <laughs> okay i thought you said i thought you said earlier so that's why mm-hmm. i, I men- mentioned i mean i guess we wouldn't know yet since they well i mean i guess they would. uh well yeah. I, maybe maybe uh i'll check out like their wikipedia like real quick but yeah i haven't listened to the album yet uh, i do want to because i really did like their english songs that they uh, debuted last year. I, I pretty much liked everything <laughs> that they dropped in English. So uh, if the fact that it's not, I guess, the Monster X color that people expect based on their Korean music, it probably works out better for someone like me who doesn't, who's not a big fan of Monster X in general uh, based on their Korean discography. I think the only song I ever really liked from them was Beautiful. And so for me, I'm hoping that this album is going to be like good and I'm gonna like it and and uh I do see that they have done like a lot of promotions in the U.S. and or just like English language sort of promotions for it so that's good and I mean the fact that they're working with uh people <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy how like uh international it's becoming to the point where it's not like they're just working with you know English uh English artists they're working with uh you know, Latin artists and they're working with um, other types of Japanese and things like that. So it's kind of cool to see 
the non-English speaking world sort of come and work together. Although Pitbull is, I think he calls himself Mr. International. He, Mr. I Worldwide. Guess cause, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. So. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I have it. I have added it to my uh, Apple music. I just haven't had a chance to actually sit down and be able, able to sort of go through it track by track. Hey, maybe we'll like it enough to do like a mini episode on it. Who knows at this point? Uh, but I'm really, I am really interested and excited to, to try it. Jimin? So Monster X came out with a new album? They sure did. They okay. did. Okay. Um, <laughs> um well i'm gonna listen to it because um kind of i'm kind of inconsistent or concur with what nat said about last year their english tracks really didn't impress me who do you love and middle of the night are both incredible songs to me who do you love is not on my playlist but it's still a good song um mostly because of french montana um but yeah i it's strange because i feel like i've I'm, I really agree with Nat. Like, they're Korean. I, actually, I kind of disagree because she likes one song. She said, what, Beautiful? Yeah, I couldn't name a Korean song by Masa X that I would even give the time of day. Their, their Korean tracks are not, like, they, don't, they do nothing for me. Um, where it, but it's the exact opposite with their English tracks. So I am more than willing to listen to an English album by Masa X. And Honestly, I've been rooting, trying to root for them, not necessarily active root, actively rooting for them, but trying to root for them since they did We Bear Bears last year. Was that last year, right? Or was it 2018? I think it was last year. Yeah. Um, ever since they had that episode on We Bear Bears, I've been trying to root for them because I just, I think that is so cute. And I think that they had, they're taking a really awesome approach to this international business. Um, and they're doing it in a way that, Again, no other company is doing so. Um, well, their company is doing it in the way that no other company is doing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a chance for sure. Cool. Well, maybe that is a future episode. Uh, we'll have to get on that and listen to it. They have, um, sorry to interrupt, but they have a Will I Am remix to Who Do You Love on this album. That's okay. <laughs> I'm already actually removing it from the playlist. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Why does he keep getting work? Okay. Finally, we are getting to Blackpink. So Blackpink is reportedly preparing a major global project. Uh, on February 11th, a global music distribution representative reported that they are secretly preparing a major project of the largest scale to date. And in response to the reports, YG commented it is difficult to confirm at this point. Then they added they will repay with good music and positive news as fans have waited for a long time. We would be thankful if fans wait for official announcements made in the future. We ask for your understanding. The response on Twitter, I noticed Nat or Jim and one of you guys pretty much put, you know, reported on it on our Twitter and pretty much said the equivalent of, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing to, well, I guess maybe they don't want to make a definite 
like statement on it, but it's kind of a weird thing to say. It's difficult to confirm, you know, either you're doing it or you're not. Um, they're supposed to be making a comeback early this year, or it was reported that they were. So there's no telling what they're doing and what YG is planning. I don't doubt that they're doing something big with them only because I mean, they're, they are the biggest moneymaker at this point, other than big bang, I would think. So they, and they're the only one with, I mean, big bang has Coachella, but they're the only one that's really got international buzz. Although, I mean, I guess they still have it. So it would make sense to me that they would try to do something large scale. I mean, I'm thinking like an endorsement or something maybe that they're working on. I, you know, it's no telling. What do you guys think? It would be tweeted that because YG is full of lies. I, I, this is just something, you know, when you stand big, big and 21 for so long. And there was always this, Oh, we're working on a new album. The album comes like five years later, or we're working on Steel's new music. It never came. <laughs> so I don't believe anything. And as you mentioned, it's like, you know, or you don't, you're the one who like, you are, you are in charge of these things. You are the one making music and releasing it. You are the one helping them sign these deals and things like that. You should be the one to know out of everybody if if like they're going to be coming back and when they're coming back. Because this is stuff that you plan. So it's kind of stupid for you to be like, oh, well, you know, Blackpink's our artist, but I guess we don't know what's going on. We'll see. It's behind it. Like, it, it's too hard to tell right now. Like, what? <laughs> what are you even talking about? And then on top of that, um, some people were saying that they... There was like a, a teaser kind of or um, like a title for an upcoming Blackpink documentary on Netflix. So people were kind of getting excited about that. And as I said, I will believe it when I see it at this point from all from what I've been seeing lately. The girls are just uh, promoting Kia. Jenny's doing some phone thing. Lisa's maybe doing a fashion line like these are just things that they're doing on their own uh, as more of a promotion for themselves. Uh, not much that I'm seeing for the group. I know they did say it was supposed to be in, like the first quarter, but we're already in like nearing the end of February. So I doubt that they're going to adapt anything before May or April, to be honest. I just don't see it based on the time it takes to actually create work and also the time it takes to tease it and get all that stuff ready. Uh, but I mean, they will have to drop an album soon, whether it's a mini or a full album, because as you mentioned, they are pretty much the money makers at this time. And who knows what's going on with Big Bang and Icon and Winner are still doing things, but they're not the top tier on, like at this point that Blackpink is, and especially on like an international level, level and just with the endorsements that the girls get. So in order for them to tour and make more money, they do need to drop some new music because they only have 13 songs. Yes. So <laughs> uh, it's going to come soon. I probably would say it's probably going to come in the first half of this year. I would expect to see a new Blackpink, either mini album or a full album. And then, yeah, they're going to probably want to do something different. So instead of doing Blackpink House or Blackpink Diaries on YouTube, they're probably going to do 
maybe they will do like a documentary that shows, you know, how the group got put together and just sort of the things that they've been through together as a group. Uh, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know at this point. It's sort of, YG looks like he might actually be indicted on something. So, I mean, I don't know how that's going to affect things as well, (laughs) if that's what's slowing things down. I also heard a rumor, and I'm going to say, disclaimer, this is a rumor, so I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that there was some friction between YG and Teddy because YG was trying to remove some credits that Teddy was owed. And so, because Teddy does create the music for Blackpink and pretty much everybody at at YGE, there might have been some friction there and that might have contributed also to the fact that the girls were supposed to all have solos and only Jenny got a solo. So, at this point, who knows? (laughs) It's it's like a giant question mark. Jimin? So... Just to clarify, they it was announced they were supposed to have a comeback. Yeah, there was a mention, I think at the end of last year or early this year, that they were supposed to have a comeback in like the first, in the beginning of the year, or like the first quarter or something like that. Okay, so as you guys um, may remember from only a brief, maybe 30 minutes ago, I was just talking about how Blackpink needs to have a comeback. I... And I kind of disagree with the believe it when you see it thing, because I remember we were in the same position this time last year and everybody was saying, oh, Blackpink's not going to have a comeback. I was one of those people uh, there. You know, they just had, uh, you know, what was it? D4. They just did D4. Like they're not going to do another song a, a year later, you know, um, because they're not known for that. They're known for releasing one song every five or six years. So a lot of people were really doubting that they were actually going to have a comeback. Yet, lo and behold, we got Kill This Love. Now, was that a quality comeback? No. M- maybe not. You know, no. Most is, is, the, is the answer I would go with, right? But it was a comeback nonetheless. It, it, they put music out uh, and they entertained the masses and they did, they broke records with Kill This Love, which I don't, I mean, out of all their songs, that's the song y'all choose to break records with. Okay. Um, I I just think that we should have a little bit more hope, a little bit more faith and optimism. I know that YG is uh, pretty much done for, but I feel like Blackpink has a, a stronger brand. At this point, and I don't know, you guys tell me what you think about this, this statement. This is just my opinion. I feel like Blackpink as a brand is more powerful than YG as a band at this point. What what would you guys say to that? I would say that is probably true because YG is basically seen as a scumbag who is able to get away with murder, basically. Like, not that he murdered anybody, but he could get away with murder if he did commit it because of his connections. And, but he's also seen like as a bad dude. And it doesn't help with all the drug sort of scandals, quote unquote, that the company has had in the past. And just like the mental illnesses and stuff like that, like the Korean public seems to look down on all of that. And so YGE is a company, not so good. Uh, Blackpink, I don't know, like the, 
the people are still buying their stuff, you know, they're still going, like, they had a dome tour in Japan the other day, and people were there and selling it out, you know, every time they go to Korea, they still have, like, really solid, strong fan base, and honestly, digitally, Solo and Kill This Love did quite well in on the charts um, at the end of the year, and Solo is a song from 2018, and that was still charting almost as high as, as Kill This Love, uh, if you look at the year-end numbers. Uh, same with Minos Fiance, actually. Uh, so, you know, people are still people are still listening to, listening to them in Korea and people are still putting money into the group. Uh, so I guess, and, and they're still getting tons of endorsements. So in that sense, I would say, yes, they have a better reputation than their company does. But I still think that people still look down on YG and their artists as a whole. And a lot of what I've seen too on like uh, Not Medicine Buzz and things like that is like, oh, you know, get out of the company, basically. Like when Lehigh didn't sign, resign, people were happy about it. Um, when yeah. Lee um from Davici said that she had like, a, she was supposed to uh, not sign, but auditioned with YG, but she missed it for whatever reason. All the comments were like, great. Like, be happy you missed that completely. <laughs> okay, I, I want to I make a comment on this because yeah. I actually think this is a good talking point. I feel like, even though, okay, I know I just said that their brand is stronger than YG's. I still stand behind that statement 100%. However, I do feel like their brand is in many ways intrinsically tied with YG in the same way that Big Bang is in the, because of the whole, you know, the counterculture that the label represents, that why, that their artists sort of embody. I feel that it's hard to separate that from YG. And so, and, and I say that to say, I don't think red. I, don't, I think if Blackpink was um, signed to any other label, I don't know that they would they could get away with having one comeback, you know, every blue moon, no, and, and having no. five songs at a concert. You know what I? I don't. I really don't think they could get away with it. I feel like SM. Just look at what they ha- how SM is is probably one of the better companies about comebacks because they don't overdo it, but at the same time, it's not YG where I feel like. Don't get me wrong. I do like when my when I don't, okay, let me let me let me back up a little bit. Iconic artists usually take long breaks between um between, you know, albums. That's just a fact. That's a fact of history. You can look back and see that. Blackpink is not iconic enough to take those types of hiatuses. <laughs> and and you guys might disagree with that sentiment, but oh, I don't know if you do. Um but I don't think they're iconic enough to be taking the, those long that long of breaks in the K-pop world. Now, if they were like Western pop artists, it would be totally different because that's how our industry is set up. Our industry is set up to where usually artists take one to two years between albums. Um, and then for the iconic level artists, it could be five to 10 years between an album, really. Um, so um, I say all that to say, I feel like, when we talk about them leaving and K-Nets want them to leave, it's like, well, where would they go? Their brand is so YG. Like everything about, I can't think of another label that could handle that type of branding that Blackpink needs to thrive, I think. Um, Blackpink needs this, uh, because it's so strange because I do feel like, I know there's that controversy of like, they're they're like a try hard 21 kind of like they they want to be 
more, I guess, like bad than they really are in, in that sense. But I feel like in a way they kind of had this. I hate this. I hate saying it like this because I don't all the way believe it, but they do kind of have this swagger about them, this YG swagger that I don't think would translate to another company very well. I don't think another company could promote them with that same image. I think they would have to completely drop that image. They would have to redo that. They would have to actually probably put effort (laughs) into their performances as well. If they were to sign with a different label, there are so many things that they will have to change. Um, It's kind of like, kind of like, could you imagine, like, for example, EXO signed anywhere but SM? You know what I mean? Like some groups just are kind of like, they so quintessentially represent their label that it's hard to imagine them signing with the leather label. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And there's this sort of too cool for school vibe that YG has, YG mm-hmm. has, where it's like you, yeah, you know, you do like everybody does train pretty much, you know, and they go through sort of like the normal trainee lifestyle, but you're supposed to put in that effortless, almost kind of lazy, cool swag. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's prevalent. Especially when you look at Big Bang and their idea of choreography <laughs> uh, yeah. or just icon where in every, like most of their songs, they have that moment in the choreography where they're just like hopping around the stage and dancing around and like having a good time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's that effortless cool. Whereas I and and I don't think that there's as much emphasis on perfection, vocals and perfection outside of like uniqueness, you know, like you want to have a unique tone. You want to have something that's different. That's, that's, that's like unique, you know? And that's right. like vocalists like Park Bomb. Uh, and you had uh, Desang and things like that. There's no one who has voices like these people or like Rosé, you know, like there's, they're so, uh, they're just so different. <laughs> like they're doing something, everybody at YGE, like I know we do talk about like, you know, Big Bang, 2.0 and like 21 2.0 but honestly I don't think 21 could do what Blackpink is doing just like I don't think that Blackpink could do what 21 was doing mm-hmm. I just I like it's completely different um and that's the same with Winner Icon and Big Bang I like it's similar yes but I don't think that they are doing what each other is doing I think they all have their own colors and their yeah. own their own atmosphere kind of uh, and it's the same, obviously, like with other companies. I don't think that there's a lot of groups that are just carbon copies of, of anything. Uh, I think SME, yeah, and even SME, like because they're they do emphasize vocals in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. more so than rap rap lines, um, which is like the opposite of YGE. Uh, you know, they they do have a different atmosphere and a different vibe and no one else is really doing what they're doing either. But as you said, like when you're talking about comebacks, yeah. YGE is definitely the only company that could have such a huge break. Yes. (laughs) Albums and comebacks and still have, you know, the market share and the numbers that they do have. Uh, Cause even with SNSD after G, they were still dropping like sometimes two, three singles a year on top of what they were doing in Japan. Same with EXO. EXO last year, like, yeah, as a group, they had one comeback, but they had two solos. They had a subunit. 
and they were still touring, you know? Yeah, they were. And Red Velvet, obviously they had three comebacks last year and they had tours as well too. So it's, it's, it's like very different, but also that can explain why you have, you know, SME making as much money as they do and YG who made as much money as they did (laughs) last year, uh, which was, I believe overtaken by big hit. So they're not even in the top three anymore. They're like the top four now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, look at twice. Twice always has a comeback. Twice is making so much money, but they always have comebacks. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, even Itzy, Itzy is having a comeback and this will be like the third. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy with Blackpink and YG in general, how they're allowed sort of to, um, take breaks. Yeah, like JYP artists, I feel like come back the most in terms of the the big the big groups, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, because Twice is their biggest group, and they still come back as much as they do. Yeah, as with SME, I think EXO still the biggest group, and they don't. They're already they've already yeah they've already yeah. hit that multiple level year thing. Yeah, so they don't yeah. do it anymore, and also they have the army that's interfering with that. Uh, so, and I mean, they have enough on their roster that they don't really need to. Army as an armed forces military. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> that army. <laughs> no, we have to clarify on this show. Uh, but also too, I would say like last point about YGE. I feel like the break between their releases has led to this belief that they make more quality music. Yes. Which is not always the case. No. Because Kill This Love and The Mini were trash. Like, especially compared to the DD the 4D, um, the the single and the mini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no competition. And I, I wonder... Yeah? Sorry. No, I was just going to say that I love the 4D. I think Square Up was the name of that mini. Yes. Um, Forever Young, Really, Really, and there's another song. But like they that mini, perfection. It's still on my workout playlist. Kill This Love and the songs on that like kick it and whatever no thank you i have not revisited it i have not gone back to it i don't care so <laughs> it's not true that the you know having fewer releases betters the quality because it's not yeah that's right not- <laughs> and, yeah, that's and now i wonder too like now that you mentioned that it does make me think about the fact that for example icon releases love scenario it's a huge hit. It's still a huge hit in 2020 in the sense that people still remember it very fondly. Since Love Scenario, <laughs> I can't say that Icon has been popping like that in terms of releasing songs that are just so quality that people can't deny it. And I wonder, and I know you said that, like, you, you made a comment that was a really good, you know, observation, which is just, you know, just because you don't release as many albums doesn't mean it's automatically all quality that's a good point because i I feel like part of it too part of the issue surrounding that is yg groups always seem to have like like this one song that it just becomes this sort of in a sense a global hit and people don't deny it and people just absolutely love it and after that it's like it's like it, the the next song is weaker. The next song is weaker. You know what I mean? And, and but they still get the clout because of that one song. And that's a phenomenon that I actually have not noticed with other companies, where it's just it seems like one song puts that group on the map. And 
I don't know. It's just something I want to notice. And uh, something I want to say, like an observation that I noticed. So like with Icon, Love Scenario, with um, Blackpink, I would say it was probably Boombaya, probably. Was there the song that like put them on the map? I would say I'm not too keen on that, but I think so. I feel um, like, um, sorry to interrupt, but as if it's your last was really their big hit. Okay, um, you, this is pre pre me, so I'm, I'm oh, like yeah. going off of YouTube views and all that type of stuff, right? Yeah, but in terms of like the song that like the Korean public really love from them and and they cherish and they performed a lot of. As if it's your last seems to be the right seems to be that one, and I think it's also because they had like the schoolgirl concept concept with it, and um, I mean I I liked it because it was like a pop song from them, which is not what I would expect, uh, and and it worked really well, and so uh, that would I would say would be maybe their biggest hit in Korea to date. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I would like I said I'm just like. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point that it seems like there's always this one song that makes people like makes people look at like a YG group and think, wow, this is like the epitome of artistry and like or this is, you know, this is incredible and it's like nothing else. But then it feels like other songs don't always live up to that. And I'm not saying it's every single YG group, but it seems like it's a lot of YG groups and it's a lot of the newer ones as well. Like, I don't know that Winter has had that song for them yet but i know the other groups really really, yeah i was gonna say maybe it was really really but um it seems like wider groups always have that one song that everybody kind of like rates them off of when they are interpreting that group's effectiveness or that group's you know quality whereas i don't notice that like i don't think i feel like for example exo has a history of great songs you know what i mean it's not like they just had one song everybody was like Oh, EXO is perfect. EXO has released quality music continuously since they debuted. Like, it's not like they ever had a time where, like, they just completely fell off the radar. You know what I mean? Um, Even The War was, like, a really, really big... Coco Bop was really, really big. And I would say that one was probably musically, sonically, in my opinion, not their strongest but it, it definitely it still had that that level to it. It's hard to explain what I'm trying to say without like without you know what I mean it's hard to explain it without actually being able to walk you through the music. But yeah. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Does it make sense, Ash Nat? Um yeah, I I could see that because I feel like with 21, um, I am the best was obviously the, the peak for them. And it was such like a iconic song and like very meme worthy and whatnot. And I mean, it did solidify their place like as that K-pop group that international people knew about because that's like a song that plays in commercials. It plays in in H&M. And like this is before like the whole K-pop broke the West kind of thing. So I would say that that would be the same for them. With Big Bang, it's kind of I would say that's probably not where it doesn't work because uh halu halu lies uh, yeah no big bang is probably the only group i feel like where that that sort of description doesn't work as well i could even apply it to other artists in yg like um like even lehigh like i know that's a much smaller level she's not really kind of lumped in with like k-pop so to speak but i feel like besides breathe i can't think of any of her other songs that I feel like the public just like really, really went like and goes back to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
I could say that about a, like just any artist I could think of that came out of YG besides really big Ray. Yeah. No, and I, I would actually agree with that because I don't think, feel like anything that Winner has done since really, really has sparked anything. And I would say that with Icon, it's the same. Uh, I mean, such keys is only banking on their nostalgia at this point, even though they are dropping new music. It's just like, you know, it's not, it's not popping with the youth, especially. So <laughs> it's yeah, the youth. Uh, so uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I would definitely agree with that. Where versus like other groups and other companies that have, uh, I guess, more iconic music. Like even to Twice, Twice yeah. has multiple songs that yeah. people feel like they go back to, whether yeah. that's Fancy or even like yeah. songs like Cheer Up. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? People, people loved Yes or Yes and Dance the Night Away, which to me are some of their weaker title tracks, but. Oh, I love Yes or Yes, but yeah, it's <laughs> like, I mean, I do agree with that. I mean, it could be also something that is, is I feel a bit common also with K-pop where Groups generally do tend to have one or two like really big songs and then they kind of coast on that. And it, maybe it's sort of similar to when you get a music show in for like one of those songs or whatever. And that kind of boosts your rate, the things that you could charge people for your appearances. Yeah. And so a lot of companies really do bank on just like a hit song. Like, I mean, you want to have more than that, obviously, but as long as you have the hit song, you can use that for your whole entire career. It's kind of the idea. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Like, look at Momoland. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I can't name a single Momoland song. So, well, that's a great. Had Bam, <laughs> so I don't know anything outside of that. But uh, yeah, like it's it's definitely uh, a thing that is definitely also more common now. I think where there, like, there were always a lot of K-pop groups, but I feel like now maybe because I've been in it longer or. Um, there's so many smaller companies now outside of like the big top ones. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, there's so many things going on and you, there's a lot more solo artists as well too. Now yes, than there were before, like Chunga actually has a comeback. We, I forgot to mention that. Yes. Before. She has a comeback coming out and she's doing incredibly well, you know? Uh, and you have Tian who's also like doing really well as a solo artist. Uh, what's her name? IU just had an all kill with her song for um, some drama and oh, that's another thing too. Yeah. Like in terms of like companies that have artists that then had do solo work outside of the group, yeah. But that and then they don't disband. Why you can't say that for YG? Yes, Big Bang is literally the only group you can say that for. <laughs> the only group. Everybody else in YG, either their solo stuff, either I hate to say fails, but fails, or they it just doesn't they don't do it like solo didn't fail but i i don't honestly see jenny being successful like if she puts out like another you know what i mean like i don't see a situation like where like for example a shiny situation where every member still does group stuff and every member can have successful solo crew i don't well, see I, that for black Pink. yeah i don't know what they're gonna do when their contract is up because the fact is that if they sign the seven-year contract even though we, it feels like we haven't seen much of them, they have been a group for quite some time. So it would be completely up to whether or not they resign for like if they're going to do solo stuff and stick together. Uh, I feel like because back in the day, like first gen, 
if mm-hmm. you like after your, your whatever years were up, they just felt like there was no market for you. There was no, the youth was gone, which is the most important thing. So they couldn't market you. They couldn't give you anything. So, I mean, you had no choice really to, but to go solo because right. your company just disbanded you regardless, right? <laughs> they ended yeah. you. Uh, but nowadays, because people see, you know, like you, especially with a lot of the reunions uh, and the constant promotions of group like Shinwa, like they can, they see that there is value to be had in not disbanding and right. like Kara and saying like, oh, you know, we're going to go our separate ways for a bit, but Kara's not disbanding or like calling, um, calling them girls generation OGG, you know, like as the five members who decided to resign with SME um, and then sort of saying like, you know, we're still going to be a group, you know, girls generation forever or whatever. Uh, so I, it is kind of a different sort of world. Now, and that's what opened up, I think, the market for solo artists. And that opened up this opportunity to just make, you know, money as, as you know, however you want. So you have Super Junior and they have their own, uh, like, a subsidiary company. And that takes care of everything they do. So they, they, they sort of micromanage themselves, you know? Right. And that's why they have, you know, they can have the solos. They can have the um, groups. They can have the subunits. They can do whatever they want pretty much at this point, you know, because they manage themselves, but they're still part of YGE. So, sorry, SME. So it's smart because then if they do SME towns, they still get to travel to like Saudi Arabia. They still get to do- and get that promotion. Part. Yeah. Even <laughs> if they wouldn't be able to do that as a soul, as a group, they can still do it with the SM towns. And I mean, that SM town was revolutionary then. And I feel like it's still really a solid, smart idea. And I know that JYP tried to do it. And I know that YG tried to do it. Yep. And it just didn't work as well. The, I, I'm sorry. I can't, I, I can't hold this back. Sure. No company can do a label concert the way SM can. Like yeah. SM label concerts are like, they're real concerts first and foremost, but like, I don't know. It just works. It works. I don't know what it is. Like when I watch like a, the SM town concerts, I'm interested in every single artist. Yeah. Yeah. And also too, um, I mean, the YG family tour was interesting with what they tried to do, but YG just doesn't know how to, I feel like YG as a company, the company is bad at managing things. Like yeah, no, that's it. And also like, the camaraderie, I think, between the artists and the acts don't work as well. Like mm-hmm. with um, SM Town and um, like the performances that they're able to put on as as groups, you know, their own sort of groups. And then the, the collabo stages that they do, uh, they feel genuinely like a family. Like they actually like each other. They're tight. You know, they care about each other versus the other companies where it's like, yeah, you can see that they, they know each other and they're, right. crazy, but it's not the same thing. Like when YG did, when, sorry, um, JYP did his, like, it was strange to me because uh, like they had groups that didn't even seem to like each other, much less, you know, like the other groups in the company. Right. So it was very strange. And I wonder how much of that is too, like, because we all know poor Suho trained for 27 years with yeah. SM. Yeah. And, and then he finally debuted with EXO, even though he was actually supposed to debut with Shiny. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much of that, too, because I don't know what YG's training like system is like, but I get the vibe that at least in the earlier years, it was more of a, like you said, because they they kind of pride themselves on having this sort of uh, this atmosphere of like, of like authentic artistry, which means that you don't really have to you shouldn't have to train for it. Um, yeah. So I don't know how long their average training period was, but I think at SM, it's like 
the average trainee is there for like five years. So you literally do become friends with all of these people because you, you're meeting them. Like some of these people even like were like dating <laughs> pre-debut, like NC10 members were dating like Red Velvet members, like, you know what I mean? Like pre-debut. So it's, I wonder how much of it is too, is like, because they do really know each other from having that like training period. And SM is very notorious for it because he started it. I mean, it literally Lee Suman started the, the concept of, you know, that rigorous, I mean, in terms of in K-pop, obviously it was already there with Motown, but yes. he took it to K-pop and like put it on a whole other level of controlling <laughs> your life in a sense. Yeah, um, I wonder how much of it is due to just that style of it, you know? Yeah. And I think too, uh, SME is, is a place that people want to, to be a trainee at, you know, like yes. that's a place that you want to go to because you know that you're going to be among the best. Yeah. And I feel too, that even though people compete with each other as trainees at, at SME, you don't really get the same feeling that they're, um, sort of combating each other as you yeah. with the ones at YGE, I feel like YG himself, like, I mean, this is just me based on like what I've seen of him. He seems to get off on groups competing with each other and <laughs> creating like um, just negative energy and discord yeah. Yeah, between his artists. And like, why else would you do something like tank a group so that you could date one of the members? Or why else would you like constantly tell us um, 21 that they're all ugly except for Dara, you know, like, why would oh, you like I didn't that? know that. I yeah. thought he just said that to Bomb. I mean, not no. that it makes it better, but all I thought them. all of them. Yeah, sorry, not Bomb CL. Well, no, he said it to all of them. I mean, it, I believe it's part of the reason that Bomb went so far with plastic surgery as well. Uh, and and Binzi even did like her got her nose done and things like that. Uh, but yeah, he he would literally say like, oh, you know, this is my new group, but they're all ugly you know, except for Dara. <laughs> and like, that, that is like exactly what he would do. So you could see that he sort of bred sort of like a negative environment. And I'm, I'm thankful that like 21, even with what happened, you know, they have these, unfortunately they do like, I, I would probably recommend therapy for those girls based on the things that I saw, like um, on the reality shows and stuff like that, that they would do in the early parts of their career because of, you know, the abuse that they face from YG. Uh, but you could also see like how that could kind of breed sort of like negative feelings, you know, like you versus me, you know, like mm -hmm. kind of thing. Whereas in when girls generation came out and like you hear all the time, all the potential members of girls generation, you don't get that vibe. And I've seen like Young is best friends with somebody who almost debated with the group. And, uh, you know, like they, they have good energy, good vibes, good memories, you know, from, with these people that could have been in their group that didn't make it or whatnot. And it doesn't seem like it's, it's a negative feeling, you know, in this. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, even just look at how winner and icon were created, uh, you know, through that reality show and how like iconics and inner circles were fighting for so long because, you know, YG it seemed like he preferred one group over the other. And it like, it just, it feels like outside, he is bad. He's a bad dude with bad energy and bad vibes. And it, like, I'm grateful because some of my favorite groups came from that company, but I just could never like that man for that reason, because he just never, he never seemed like he genuinely wanted them to succeed outside of like, oh, I'm going to make money. Um, mm. 
and his 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 whole attitude and vibe was just very much like you know work for me monkey kind of you know like it was mm-hmm. it, it just, it's so different and i'm not saying lisuman is is you know no lisuman like, is you know, not an angel i'm not saying that it, either. it's a i feel like when i'm talking about the like when I compare those, I mostly compare based on like the success of the business strategy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know Lee Suman as a person. I think I think, you know, as far as I'm concerned, thus far, I haven't seen anything personally that makes me completely turned off of him as a person, you know? No. And that's um, no. Like even with what has happened with, you know, some of the members from his his groups, I feel like that is not really an indication of him. And how yes. to manage them because by all accounts, like a lot of these, um, like just even seeing his his energy towards Super M. Super M, you know? yeah. Like he he always comes across as somebody, yes, he wants perfection, but he also really appreciates good music. Yeah. And you could tell that by how much effort he puts into creating the music that they give. And just like also too, like being a Shinwa fan and knowing like when it came to debuting Shinwa and uh, their performances and stuff like that. He watched all of their live performances and he <laughs> told them, like, he would be like, look, I like what you did here. I don't like what you did here. Like, he was there through it all, you know? Like, and he was on top of what he wanted them to do and what worked for them. And they all have, like, really good, like, like relationship with Lusuman to this day, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so I can't imagine that it, it like, he's he's that much of a dictator yeah I know but I can't imagine that or or, and I don't feel like he is negatively like abusing any of these people in his right well I mean there was the whole thing with DBSK and the the contracts and the um what they call them the blood the blood oaths or whatever what it was a rumor, I think, but just, you know, people were saying it may have been just something that they were saying because of the contracts, but saying like that they had to sign in blood or something like that. But I think it was more of like just saying that the contracts were like unfair, unfair and that they, you know, I mean, so, I, mean, I, don't that think I mean, I would be surprised if there wasn't some, I mean, he's, He's a corporate executive. I mean, so I mean, of course, he's gonna be an executive. I don't think it's like a big happy family there, but I think as far as success, I think people do look at SM as probably the best option for like guaranteed success in the K-pop industry. Well, I mean, I also heard too, like I like I I have heard things about SM contracts, but one thing that I've consistently heard more than anything was that um and actually I think Shiny made a comment about this cuz when they resigned um their contracts was that basically like once you get into a certain like like zone, mm-hmm. you are the dictator of your own career like at SM yeah. Um, I remember, I don't know if it was, it was either Jonghyun or Minho who said something like that. Like basically, no, it was key actually. Now I think about it. And he was like, well, I mean, at this point, EXO has already debuted. It, it's almost like once that next group debuts, you're kind of off the hook in a sense. Like you're not put it under as much pressure to put out more albums. You, you're given more creative freedom. And I know too, like we do joke that Lee Suman has favorites. I mean, he does. It's facts. But 
I will say that the favorites never complain. <laughs> I know it sounds so messed up, but they, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like some, some, I don't know. Like I, I, I have heard mixed sort of reviews on SM in terms of contracts and, and contract wise, it's not all like Lee Suman. He's not the sole sh- owner of SM entertainment. He's, he's not, not the, even their CEO. He's not even a CEO. Yeah. Well, it's different from, wasn't um isn't jyp the sole no no jyp is they have shares but isn't he like majority owner or something like that no i'm not sure i thought he gave away a lot of his his shares maybe so he he did do like some sort of press conference where he's supposed to announce whether or not he was in a cult but he ended up talking about (laughs) like pitching something to shareholders but um i guess what i'm saying is is like these companies are companies. It's not just like that one figurehead. Obviously, Lee Suman has a lot of input. Obviously, like he's not a, an angel. Obviously, there are some messed up contracts in K-pop. I just think that if I am a trainee, just from the vibes I get, JYP, well, as a black person, I don't get great vibes off of JYP in that sense. But like as a person, as a human being, I don't think he's a horrible. He doesn't come off that way. Whereas YG, I've always gotten like sneaky, like underhanded. I don't know, I just never felt got good vibes from him. And then now that all this stuff has happened, it feels like I've been confirmed in those feelings. Um, JYP, I, I always got like good vibes from him. I never thought like he was doing anything to hurt twice or anything like that. Like I mean, I purpose. think like a lot of the people from JYP, one thing is that they seem to have a good relationship with him. Yeah. Even yeah. when they leave the company. Yeah. They like Sunmi and on when he had that embarrassing party people show, <laughs> she was there and like they had like really good like energy and just like you could tell that he was like a father figure to a lot of these girls. Yeah. Uh, whereas I don't really, yeah, you don't get that from any of the other CEOs of, or former CEOs. Of- I, I do get father figure vibes from Lee Suman to his favorites. I don't get it to anybody else. I've never seen him have, is there a video of him like interacting with the new gen? Yeah. Like he really, really like Mark is one of his favorites. Yeah. Um, he did. I think he did mention too that like Mark was like their top rapper and he like sort of changed the way that rap was done, I guess, at SME because it was never really a focus. But, you know, Mark coming in with his rap flow and and vibe and things like that really kind of changed things. And he has spoken like pretty openly about like the Super M guys, obviously, and just them being the best of of what SME has to offer at this point. Uh, and, and the guys, yeah. one thing I noticed too, I had, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I wanted to make this comparison. Cause one thing I noticed about the difference between like YG, JYP and Lee Suman um, with JYP, it seems like the people in his company are very comfortable with like cracking jokes about him or laughing at him, <laughs> yes. which, which to me speaks volumes with, um, and, and it's not like malicious jokes. It's just like, oh, this old grandpa doing all this stuff, right? With Essen, with Lee Suman, it seems like the like the at least the Super M guys. And I'm also like I'm a shiny Super M person, so like I just know this particular um, subset of people. They seem really comfortable with being like, oh yeah, like he's just a really you know good mentor, and this, like they they speak highly of him. Um, with uh, with Bank PD. Uh, bts they i mean they they don't it's like when they talk about them it's it's very strange like the vibes i get are very strange 
like I, it's hard to explain, but I'll get back to that. Well, that'll come later. But with YG, okay, I get the vibe that when they say bad things about YG, they really mean it. Like when they like roast, like when they say things like, oh, like, wasn't it, wasn't it like on that show that Singri had where they were like saying jokes about YG, but it was like disparaging things? Am I, am I remembering that incorrectly? I can't really remember that strategy show. I mean, I did watch it, but I can't really remember. Uh, I like Black Peak specifically were saying like, yeah. just like they were saying disparaging things basically about YG, it, but they played it off as jokes. But yeah. I got the vibe that it was not a joke. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the the whole thing about YG, especially before the Burning Sun thing, was that uh, Sungri was like his, you know, like the mini him. Protégé. So uh, (laughs) for everything to sort of shake out the way that it has for both of them, I mean, it's not surprising that, you know, this is the person that, you know, people sort of assume would take over YG from him, you know, one day. And, you know, this is the type of drama that they're in. So I, yeah, I think too, the difference is like a lot of times with like, especially with YG, with um, JYP is that he, he's not really a businessman. He's just somebody no. who really loves music. And that's why, you know, with the whole thing where he, he had the Wonder Girls in the States and it sort of like lost a lot of momentum in Korea and they were, you know, that's when Girls' Generation pretty much overtook them. And a lot of people hadn't forgot, like have still to this day, haven't forgiven him for it, you know? Uh, and, he, but he saw an opportunity and he saw like this chance for them to make music in a place that he always wanted to make music. And he really pushed them into it, right? And that's not something, it's not a smart business decision, but it seems like a lot of times he just goes with what his heart wants to do in a lot of ways i mean i don't know him but that's kind of like the way it comes across yeah in a lot of ways and uh he's he's only recently become better at the businessing part and like i mean you could definitely see it with twice yeah how it was created and things like that that it is more of a business than it is um just something that he's passionate about right um Whereas, you know, YG is all like competition and SME is just like a business. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I have good things to say about SME, you know, with how they run their business, but it is a business at the end of the day. And there are a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there that I think in K-pop, you just can't escape the bad, unfortunately. Uh, uh, with And that's the same too with any music industry, like anywhere. Yeah, you know, like, like I, I'm not, I don't want you guys to take me talking about SM as if to say like SM is just so great. I'm just saying like, yeah. if I, I, I don't know these people, right? So I have to go off of my own vibes and I yeah. also have to go off of what I feel like the artists are saying. Yeah. And um, obviously every CEO has had things said, right? And every company has had issues and things done and, you know, with, the even to like the henna situation and all that stuff every company has made some sort of like has a flaw right but i guess what i'm saying is it's like i just don't see any companies that i feel like i've ever felt as uncomfortable as i do with yg in terms of like the ceo yeah i mean yeah outside of like the really small companies where like oh yeah like ts yeah Yeah, the top four especially like i I would say like as a YG quote unquote stand that I definitely cannot stand that man and that I'm not like, I, I just don't like the way that he has personally treated um, some of the artists in his company that he should be there to mentor and protect uh, because he just didn't do it for them. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, it's hard. It is really hard because as you said, we don't know these people and you know, the issues in K-pop are unique to K-pop because K-pop is, you know, its own living, breathing entity. And, but you have so many issues, like look at Lil Mix and Rihanna and like all these other Western artists who had, you know, issues with their own companies as well. Right. Well, Simon so, Cowell, first and foremost, yeah. is absolute garbage, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I just, I don't <laughs> I, everything yeah. he I mean anything he touches I feel like it fails yeah. except for One Direction One Direction except so I think that was in spite of him to be yeah, honest yeah I think so too <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I feel like yeah we there's so much to say maybe that could be like a separate sort of like episode yeah now. sorry guys for yeah. our little com- I mean I think it was a good discussion I feel like I, I feel like I don't know if we would have been able to talk this long on anything else. <laughs> so, I mean, it's worth, it was worth the time we put into it. So it was worth sort of like also just kind of um, getting to different aspects of the conversation through discussing it. Cause sometimes you can only like get to a point by discussing it, you know? So yeah, yeah that's, that was fine too, but yes, we are ready for the next topic. Yeah. Okay, moving on to Parasite, the very first foreign film to win the Best Picture Oscar. I think I read the actors and Bong Joon-ho are, you know, Hollywood darlings at the moment. And it's a great, it's a great story. I mean, the film, everything I've heard about it is really great. Um, It tackles a interesting topic, um, class disparity in South Korea, and Bong Joon-ho has been getting accolades for many, many years now. So Parasite's gotten tons of accolades. Bong Joon-ho is, uh, he's gotten great reviews on his films for many, many years, and you know he's finally kind of getting his due um, in Hollywood. And it's a great story. Um, most people, you know, I, there is no backlash against them winning. I mean, most people were either intrigued by the film or, you know, were happy that they won. Unfortunately, K-pop fans kind of have to ruin it all because the day after Parasite won, K-pop fans and some armies, uh, came on Twitter and tried to make it about them and made it like Parasite's win was a win for K-pop. And some people even tried to say that BTS paved the way for Parasite's win and all of this stuff that really has nothing to do with Bong Joon-ho or the film's achievements in my opinion, they just happened to coincide together. I mean, South Korea is having a great moment culturally, but K-pop and the, I don't want to say acting because some K-pop singers act, but I will say the film industry, cinema, serious film in South Korea in the K-pop industry do not meet um, as far as I know as far as I understand. So I don't see how they're making the connection here. I, you know, Ace 
performed at the after party for Parasite, which was interesting. Apparently there were some connections there as far as like they, they knew some someone that worked on the film, knew them or knew someone that worked for them. And so that's how they got that gig. But yeah, I, of course, you know, I knew people were going to say something like that, but yeah, it's interesting to think that at this point in time, Parasite is more well-known in the U.S. probably than BTS is. I would hazard a guess to say that. What do you guys think? So first I want to congratulate the creators of the film and the, the, talent that participated in the film i watched it and i really liked it i mean i watched it a long time ago though like way before it had oscar buzz it was i loved it i mean it it keeps you really engaged and so i i understand really why it ended up being so critically acclaimed i am really really shocked to hear that it's the first foreign language film um, I mean, actually, I don't know if I'm shocked or not. I guess I'm shocked in the sense that it's 2020 and it's it's like the first foreign language film, considering there's been a many, many incredible foreign language films. But I'm also not shocked because it's the Oscars. So <laughs> but yeah, like I I think it's a great thing. And I think that what I've seen, it's definitely seems to have made South Korea proud, you know, um, just as a country. And I think that's always cool when you can, you know, when you can sort of instill a sense of togetherness in the community that you come from, just because you accomplish something that um, has previously been seen as like, first and foremost, Oscars have always been seen as a prestigious award, but also just seen as a huge sort of obstacle to overcome, so to speak, or like a barrier to entry in a sense. I think it's cool. It's sad that there had to be a barrier of entry in the first place, but it's pretty cool. I understand, you know, some people just don't want to read films is what they say like I know Dre even this film has done so well that it had Dre and Michelle I know some of our listeners may not be familiar with her she um is your local bird I believe she was with Chris Brown at some point she's been with some NBA players um but it even had her commenting which is just so shocking because it's like two different worlds right in a sense and you know, so of course she made a comment about like, I got to read the whole movie, <laughs> which I do kind of understand the idea of like having to read movies, no matter what, like language you speak natively. Like I can understand why some people would think, oh, American people or British people, like you're so privileged to say that. But I can totally understand like if, for example, there's a lot of American films that get exported to South Korea and China and all parts of the world they have to read our movies too. You know what I mean? So I I, I can so totally kind of get that unless you just want like a horrible anime dub, which anime dubs, in du- anime dubs work better just because it's it's animated, right? Um, anyway, I got way off track. That's really, really, really an accomplishment and it's an incredible movie. I suggest people check it out. Um, but beyond that, I want to talk about Ace, okay? Um, Ace went from debuting in their draws to performing for the cast and crew of one of the most influential films in South Korean history, probably. That is quite a feat. 
I mean, I'm sitting up here looking at the the stills right now from all the, their music show, countdown show performances, where they were literally like in their underwear to get attention, basically. So that's incredible. They should be patting their, themselves on the back. I mean, I know that they, I did read that they had a connection, um, which got them, you know, to perform. But even so, like, it's not like Ace's exo status they're not like the nation's boy band you know they're not you know they're still relatively new i would say so for them to get that sort of distinction i feel like their stock has just went way up i mean do you guys feel like that's off base or do you feel like them having this sort of i don't know i feel like that's a the, they you can get a lot of clout from that do you feel like parasite has that much clout to make aces stock go up in in the k-pop world like in south korea i should say yeah, I don't know. I don't think that anybody's still checking for them. I mean, it's a great distinction. But, I mean, I guess what I'm yeah. saying more so is, I don't think they're all, all of a sudden going to become an overnight hit. I mean, it's been a week and they're yeah. not, like, at the top of the charts. What I'm saying is, is um, it gives them sort of a distinction. It's kind of like, of for example, just to give an example, um, it's kind of like if all of a sudden Beyonce name drops you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I see what you mean. People, like, you have that. Yeah, people might take it yeah. slightly more seriously, even if it's not like you're going to just all of a sudden become overnight seller. We know how K-pop is. We know who K-pop is targeted towards. I don't think that's necessarily the case because the people who are into K-pop probably aren't necessarily high art people uh, checking for Parasite and vice versa. Um, but I will say that, like, imagine there's this post-Oscar party and there's these Hollywood types that are invited to that party, right? And they they see that this this okay it's kind of like what the Oscars did for Parasite Innocence in America right it kind of put a, a spotlight on Korean cinema I've, I, at least that's what it seems like if you look at the news people are that's all people are talking about is Parasite and it's you know the the clout that it has now in a sense which is eh, that's a conversation for another day but it's it, it's a fact right people might. It kind of had that same effect with um, Ace to a much lesser degree, just because again, K-pop is more of an acquired taste than movies. I mean, most people like thrillers. Um, for for what it's worth, Parasite is very much a run-of-the-mill thriller. Like it 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 doesn't defy the genre in really any way, but it's just good in the way that it's written. Right? Um, it's not like Old oh Boy, where Old oh Boy had a lot of shocks and surprises around each corner it's not like that um this has shocks and surprises but once again it's it's very much something that it didn't have like a very specific korean cultural element that stuck out to me it very much like was a film that was focused on the wealth gap which is a story for every country in the world you know what i mean it's not a specific to south korea theme that it focuses on right um but with that being said, my whole point is, is I, I just wonder if for that for that one person, people might go, oh, it might have more name recognition for Ace, even if it doesn't translate to sales. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I agree. I absolutely do agree because now people will be like, oh, well, you know, before it was like Ace, who's Ace? Nugu Group, Nugu, Nugu, Nugu. And now it's like, oh, Ace, they performed at the Oscars after party for, you know, this historic moment in 
like Korea's just about to like name streets after these people and like open a museum. So really? I mean, it's a, yeah, like it is it's it is a big deal. Well, I don't know about the street thing, but they did say they wanted to open a museum uh, <laughs> for the director. So like I can't think of any other film that has gotten that type of reception like from its entire country. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's really funny cuz like the the director i remember when they asked him about the oscars like i don't know if it was like last year or whatever he was like well you know i don't really think about it much it's a very local award show (laughs) and like to go and just sort of like sweep it the way that he kind of did it's hilarious to me because it is local i mean it, it it's great for worldwide recognition yes but i mean you go like most international movie directors and producers and stuff like that they're at film festivals like yeah. Venice Film Festival, cons you know things like that they're like the oscars is like more of a hollywood yeah you know, pat on the back in the in, in a, i guess in a nutshell so i will say that the oscars even though we are we liken it to the grammys a lot the grammys very much feels like the biggest award in music whereas the exactly. oscars feels like it's a huge award but it also is competing with other um not necessarily awards but i feel like mostly like you said the film festivals like people are like wanting to get into con and sundance and you know what i mean well those are the main big two that i can think yeah. like, the other film festivals are like you know nice but they're not as nearly as prestigious right um yeah. even though i will say you you don't have to have any talent to get into Sundance. Like, <laughs> I don't understand the criteria. Like, I've seen some films that have made it to Sundance, and I was like, "Why? Yeah. Why can we just like <laughs> we shut this entire film festival down?" Um, yeah. It's very much like very. It's not like where the music music industry is kind of flipped. Like, Grammy is to me the the biggest award, but like. Coachella is not necessarily the biggest festival. I mean, you got yeah. you also have to think about Bonnaroo and Glastonbury, and like you yeah. know, I mean, these are also huge. Burning Man is even a big festival, like exactly. uh, South by Southwest. Like Coachella is just known, I feel like, more because of the association with like, let's be real, like culture appropriation, <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I I very much get where you're coming from, uh, but it's still I feel like. I feel like it's still a huge distinction, though, like for them to win and win Best Picture at the Oscars, because no matter what people want to say about like no matter even though the Oscars not the biggest film award. In, I mean, it's not the only award in film, I should say, that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much like a symbol of the Hollywood film industry, which is by far the biggest film industry in the world. Beyond, I think Bollywood is only second to Bollywood. I do think that it is quite an honor to be um, to receive that an award and be recognized. Um, and it's interesting how they're like I don't know, just the reactions to it are so interesting. And 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 when I say it's an honor, I'm not saying it's an honor because it's an American award. I'm saying it's an honor because um, it broke the barrier of foreign languageness in a country that is very notorious for like people just don't do foreign language films what do you actually what do you think that is why do you think that we're more receptive to for is do you think it's just like the the idea that you have to read the movie i feel like foreign language music even though it hasn't necessarily won all of these 100 million awards foreign language music is pretty you know it's not nearly as 
like taboo. In a sense, it's foreign language film. Not even taboo. Taboo is not the right word, but you know what I mean. Uh, well, foreign language music is easy. Uh, you don't really need a lot of context. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier to fall into it because of a melody, an instrumental, a voice, passion in the voice. With a movie and a television show, you have to know the plot. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of, there's a lot more factors involved, which, you know, make it more difficult for some people. But yeah, like to connect it all to what I was talking about in a very long winded type of way. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's hard to tell. For me, like it's hard to sort of like, it's still something I'm wrapping my brain around anyways, like with the success of Parasite and, you know, if it's going to change how people see foreign films, if it's going to change how people see um you know like this especially with this like rising in korean um exposure i guess out here if that's gonna also be affected like is there gonna be this this sort of um this this moment for korean films like there was for uh k-pop you know where like bts blew up and like all these other groups sort of like started filtering in and doing all these bigger things if that's going to be the same with parasite honestly no because there's still the argument that people are making now that um the only reason why i won an oscar in the first place is because the oscars felt guilty for like the oscar so white stuff mm. so there's that i mean people are saying that i don't necessarily agree with that all the way because oscar so white was very much i think focused it's like an american movement in a sense yeah i was about to Um, say it's not really like but you know but that doesn't change public perception just because we know facts doesn't mean yeah public perception is the same i was also gonna say it's not like non-black people haven't co-opted sort of black movements as well too because well, like, like yeah. also too, you have to look at it this way too. Like, I there, another reason why I don't agree with that is because you had like stuff like Crazy Rich Asians that obviously was, I don't want to say it was trash because I didn't see it, but that type of stuff to me, I don't like that type of stuff. I feel like that type of stuff is trash. But um, it didn't. It ain't like people respected Crazy Rich Asians just because all of a sudden you know people are trying to like, you know what I mean, buy the respect of Asian people. Well, yeah, and I think, too, it came out in the same year as Black Panther, I think. So they had, like, the two casts sort of um, and doing a lot of photo shoots and stuff like that or, like, photo ops together for that reason because it's like, oh, look, we got the Blacks and the Asians. We got diversity, guys. But that's you see, whole like... the conversation. Yeah. See, that's a thing, right? Like, I don't know. It's It's complicated. But there was that BTS thing where, like, People were saying BTS paved the way for Parasite. Is that like a thing that happened? That is a thing that happened. Okay. Ash can talk more about that though, because I don't want to get it. I don't want to get the facts wrong. Oh, well, you were kind of the one that told me. Uh, what's my? <laughs> I don't remember this. I feel like that's not a fact. <laughs> I feel like you're the one that kind of told me about that. About at least about the the ones that were saying that BTS, if without you know BTS and and k-pop blowing up that you know this is like the natural evolution of that is parasite winning i do i did remember seeing twitter posts about that i will say um and i do know i I guess my brain is like blocking that out because i try to tend to block out garbage takes but um (laughs) it was this sort of like k-pop set the precedent and yes it was the whole bts pave the way thing um, 
I feel like people are starting to think that if anything is Asian, that somehow it's popular because K-pop is popular. And K-pop, and they, and I think the the irony that that uh, that applies to all of this is that mm-hmm. K-pop is not popular. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, it's so ironic when people say that because I'm like, I don't think K-pop has as much clout, like nearly as much clout as you think it does. Like, yeah, and also like if if any Asian culture is going to take credit, I feel like Japan pretty much won that. So <laughs> yeah, like if you ask any average person, like yeah. any average person, anything they know about Asian culture or anything they know about an Asian country. I mean, obviously China is a big country, but I'm talking about like the deep, intricate aspects of like the entertainment industries of these countries. It seems like the average person, they, if but when you talk about Japan, like they'll at the very least know like stuff about anime, like the Japanese entertainment industry. They won't know anything about the Chinese entertainment industry, but like, but they'll know stuff about like anime, right? Or they'll know like small things um, about like maybe a Japanese actor who was in an American movie. You know what I mean? Um, Stuff like that. Um, I cannot say the same thing about K-pop. Nope. Like I don't the average American person you talk to them, they're not gonna be able to be like like honestly, I had to every person I talked to about K-pop, I still have to explain who BTS is. They have never heard of BTS. Yeah. And I usually, the biggest group in K-pop. I usually get people who are like, Oh, I heard your group was at this thing, and like 50% of the time it'll be BTS, but the other 50% of the time it'll just be a random group that just happens yeah. in Toronto. And they'll be like, Oh, I heard your group is here. What's their name? What's the name? I'll be like, BTS. And they're like, Yeah, they're playing here. And I'm like, That was NCT. <laughs> no, I'm deceased. Like, you know that's serious. <laughs> like, for real. And, and, or it'll be like, you know, when TMZ just came under fire because they confused Ace with BTS. And I'm like, BTS has literally been confused with like any K-pop group who has had any connection to America, except for Super M, ironically, so far. So it's like, even the most popular group doesn't have the name recognition that I think a lot of K-pop fans think it has, you know? Well, I feel like because... Like K-pop itself is so saturated with news from, you know, specific groups that are like always, you know, breaking records and doing things like when we step out of the K-pop bubble, you start to see like what's going on in the real world. And just the fact that, you know, what you're seeing a lot of is not necessarily what people out who are not interested in K-pop or maybe are in the peripheral of K-pop are even interested in, you know. So I think that's also something to sort of keep in mind. Like, yeah, you know, in the K-pop world, things like performing at these award shows and stuff like that, that's huge. But for most people who are watching these award shows, they're just like, oh, these are more people I don't know, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if anything was going to break into mainstream American market, I don't feel like it was going to be K-pop. I felt like like it was always going to be something like a film or a drama. Yep, and in some ways, I feel like the dramas have, and the variety shows definitely have. Like the King of the Mask singer is a huge. Tip. Oh yeah, and I totally agree with that sentiment. Just because this might sound really strange, 
But like American culture right now is really big on, this sounds really strange, but it's like really big on like the Tumblr generation stuff. So like certain type of things that are really popular in K-dramas, like very much represent like the, like the flower boy concept. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is becoming really, really mainstream, especially like the TikTok. It's actually past the Tumblr generation and more like the TikTok generation where like you've got these like softer portrayals of men. Mm-hmm. And that is really like making headway. So a lot of these K-dramas that have these portrayals of men as being more like sensitive or maybe like more like feminine-esque um, I really hate saying it this way, but this is the, the terms that people like can understand, right? Like, yeah, that stuff is really gaining steam. People like that, especially like these teenage girls uh, and and teenagers in general, which are really kind of like the people that set the trends. I mean, I hate yeah. to say it, it's the facts. Teenagers set the trends. So these these teenagers are picking up on these K dramas and they're like making them super popular, or you know, like just different things out of Korean me- media. Um, or, or like anime teenagers made anime popular well yeah i mean yes back in the day we did back in the day <laughs> i mean nowadays everybody watches anime like grown yeah. adult will be part it's because we've grown up that's why grown adults are that's, watching that's what i'm saying <laughs> we've grown up and our generation that started the anime sort of wave in yeah. watching you know I, you know how they always have like the jokes about like the black kids who watch anime and i yeah. feel like there's this. There was this whole Twitter thread one time about like black kids popularizing anime. There's black anime kids. That's like their thing, right? I feel like that's a fact. Oh, I absolutely agree. Like I remember just being a kid watching. Um, I didn't really. I never really got into Naruto, but like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, especially. I was a huge Gundam Wing fan. I still am, and Esclafone and stuff like that. And I was really into these these shows about these I I was never into flower boys even when I was a teenager but <laughs> I was sort of into these like macho like macho generation though yeah that's true um yeah that's true but yeah like you know going back to what we were talking about before and how like if you want to talk about things that open the door and just you know worldwide recognition yeah Japanese culture like people can tell you things about the Yakuza you know people can tell you things about animes and mangas and um, Japanese food Japanese food, Japanese food kind of took over the world like exactly it started off with like sushi and now it's ramen like ramen yeah. is the thing ramen is the thing actually they have friend, a ramen shop in the NBA 2k game Oh, that's cool. You well, my friend, when she was living in Korea, she said she went to Japan for like a weekend, whatever. And she's like, basically, like, it's just ramen. Ramen is like the new craze over there, too. So it's not just the rest of the world. It's like the new thing. Like people are, are, are really, I guess, Japanese people are more gung ho about ramen again as well, too. <laughs> so I, it's crazy. Right. But like, these are things that people can talk about. People don't know much about kimchi. Yeah. I mean, I've, I personally love kimchi. I think it I love tastes great. Too. I think it smells great. I think everything about it is great. It's good for your body. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there were like, I remember there were like a bunch of articles last year when BTS like, you know, started hitting it big and I guess people just wanted like clickbait and they're like, oh, you know, um, people complain about the smell of, of kimchi 
and um, some Korean people like on not medicine buzz or one of those things were they're commenting they're like yeah you know maybe we should do something about making it more western friendly and some people were like hell no this is our <laughs> thing like if they want to eat it they will eat it you know <laughs> like not everything yeah, they want to eat like... sounds great you know like so it's 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 one of those things where like if you want to talk about you know influential asian culture let's talk about japan you know like let's talk about kung fu yeah look talking about generational shifts talking about kung fu and blackness and their relationship with kung fu like in hip-hop as you mentioned in film and things like that and then combine it with black people in k-pop isn't it like a mirror of each other isn't it like kind of crazy how we like even back then black people were sort of looking for non-white media (laughs) 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 in they got into kung fu and it like you know blew up and it blew up in the west mostly because of black people and then we have the shift to k-pop and i mean did anybody know like did anybody really care about bts before black people on twitter started hyping them up no but okay you know you know what too though like in regards to k-pop what another i guess why uh, people might be more reluctant to K-pop than they were previously to anime and Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. I think it's because the novelty of anime and Kung Fu came from the fact that like there had historically been no contact between black American or really anything American and anything Asian. Right. And so there was not even an influence there. Like when K-pop first came over, I do want your input on this though. When it first came, I mean, not K-pop, but when Kung Fu first came, like made its way into the American cultural consciousness, the influence of like the Motown generation had not been prevalent in Japan and um, China and and South Korea yet. Like the, the whole idea of like rock and roll had not been introduced because they were still very isolated then. I mean, before really World War II, the entire of East Asia, I feel like, had not had a lot of influence from Black American culture and American culture in general. So that meant that there was also, in a way, almost like poetically or naturally, not as much um, racial kind of conversation or racial tension even. And I know what we said, we don't want to talk that much about race, but I do think this is an interesting thing to note. One thing that, that you cannot say about K-pop, K-pop has American culture written all over it. It has Black American culture written all over it. And in the, another breath, it also has the racism of uh, written all over it. It has a lot of, a lot of the barrier to entry, I feel, is because there is this history of k-pop groups saying racist things being racist cultural appropriation that stuff didn't really come with kung fu or nor did it i mean anime there was racism i obviously i think that it wasn't as like prevalent because once again we're in a more connected world and it's a lot easier and then we're also living in a different time where what constitutes as racial insensitivity might be a little bit more gray like there's a lot more gray area now than there was because back I feel like a a long time ago I was just watching a movie okay this sounds like a tangent but it's gonna come back all together perfectly I was do you guys know the movie beauty shop with Queen Latifah yep okay I was just watching that movie and um I the white girl in that movie they like had gave her like braids they had her doing all kind of stereotypical like twerking stuff 
And they had like this whole idea of like ghetto is bad. Um, even there's even the movie Are We There Yet with like Ice Cube. They like the little black kids were saying, well, we don't listen to 50 Cent because we're not ghetto. Instead, we listen to Disney music. Like, you know what I mean? There was this idea that like, quote unquote, ghetto was like bad. And there was a good way to be black. Um, and th- it had a lot of really outdated ideas. And I think that if you if you introduce that, that type of media in 2020, black people would black Twitter will be up in arms. Um there were even things like in the and I know that in Beauty Shop more so than Are We There Yet? Because Are We There Yet? There was a comment where the kid was like, My mom said that if a man is in his 30s and he's single, he's either damaged or gay. And then the the part about being damaged wasn't the insult. Gay was the insult, right? Or like in Beauty Shop where they suspected old boy to be gay. And they just kept making all kind of like, hey, sister girl kind of stuff. Like that type of media wouldn't get trashed in 2020. Imagine. Could you imagine something like that coming out in 2020? Like, yeah, no, I don't. It's kind of crazy, though, that how recent those films are and how much what's acceptable has changed. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, it's not to say that that is acceptable, because, I mean, when you think about it, is you know, it is problematic when you oh, think very about problematic. The Yeah, when you think about what the punchline is. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I... And I'm saying all of that to say, yeah. like, 20 years ago... Like, even if an anime might have seen racist and you felt like it might have had a racist element, but you didn't know why, like, you know what I mean? It it was kind of, like, n- not a big deal. I hate to say it, but it kind of wasn't. Like, racial jokes were, like, comedians didn't get, like, in trouble for saying, like, making racial jokes back then. Like, and that was just 20 years ago. Um, yeah. Whereas no, now... Yeah, I see. Hey, <laughs> yeah, well, even anime is kind of under fire now too in a lot of ways like when you talk about things like Mr. Popo on Dragon Ball yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> but it's really funny though because honestly for the longest time I was like like I was just more right. and actually slightly terrified because he was so creepy looking yes. that I didn't really think about it <laughs> um, until I started watching Dragon Ball abridged and like they made jokes about it like like um just like are we gonna talk about this are we like really gonna be talking about this because like i don't know maybe because like it is such an old thing and you like it's such something that you've accepted for so long you kind of just don't think about it anymore yeah it's kind of the idea um but i mean obviously it is very problematic and i don't know like it's historically even when kung fu was coming over here the japanese did feel um they'd buy into white supremacy and the fa- and they actually did look down on black folk but it wasn't as overt as like jyp in an afro dancing with a whole bunch yeah. of people <laughs> face, you know? right. or like you know the k-pop stars casually dropping the n-word or like casually yeah. just like arguing with black people about like their own hair you know what i mean like yeah it was it was a different sort of uh world it wasn't as like in your face as k-pop is k-pop is very much like in your face like this is black stuff that we just do you know like yeah thing like it it is a bit different and i i know maybe that's why k-pop for a lot of people especially black people i mean i know black people who will never ever ever listen to k-pop in their entire life and Mm -hmm. i mean i i have nothing to say about that because you know 
you know, I totally get it. Like, (laughs) I totally get it. So it is one of those things, whereas they would be more open to watch something like Parasite because there's not there that racism that we know K-pop is isn't connected to the films as much, you know? Yeah, very much. You and, and the thing is also like the things that are prevalent in K-pop are so widespread in K-pop. Like, it doesn't matter what company you're from. It doesn't matter, you know, what group you're from. Like, there has been some sort of, like, racially insensitive, ignorant, whatever thing that has happened. Versus, like, in the films, you can watch Train to Busan and you can watch Parasite. You can watch The Host. And there's so many different things that you can sort of consume. And it's it's not as as sort of, like, insulated as k-pop is you know yeah k-pop is a very insulated world where you have the music shows you have you know specific agencies you know they work with specific uh writers and specific uh music video directors and you know they have these award shows that they go to and like it's a very insulated community like if they if they go um on international tours they work with specific um promoters you know like it is a very insulated world whereas with film like you just get somebody to produce it hopefully you can host it at one of these film festivals you can get you know international funding you can kind of like do your own thing you're not tied down in the same way Um, and you're not tied down to the korean public as well in the same way that's Uh, very true so it, it is like i i would say that it is much easier in my opinion anyways to like get into a korean film Versus like a Korean drama or K-pop because you can pick up that movie, like it and move on, you know? Yeah. I think, <laughs> if you think about it too, like, unless you're just like a film head, like a film nerd, yeah. like you're not really going to look into like all of the actors and the director and their history and everything yeah. they've ever said. Whereas with K-pop, like you said, there's this fandom component, right? Exactly. So you're going to get, you're going to want to like the people in a, in a sense, and so yeah. I, I noticed that really just in music in general, when people like something in, in music, when people like something in music, they it's like you you become um, more dedicated to it than a movie, like because a movie is kind of a one off thing in, in very many senses of the word, whereas an artist that they're going to keep being the same artist no matter what what kind of album they do um, or a group it's usually going to keep being the same route you know what I mean so you get more invested and and that also could be a reason why like k-pop hasn't broken in the same way that um, media from other parts of the world specifically like Asian media has broken um, so yeah I think this is this is all really interesting. Just kind of get into the anatomy of like why not K-pop, but why anime or why um, Parasite? You know, it's just really interesting to me. And also, nobody paved the way for Parasite. Okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> Parasite did what it did on its own because you know, according to a lot of people, it is a fantastic film um, about capitalism and how much it sucks, which is. Even funnier, like when you look at the fact that it's Hollywood that's embracing a movie like Parasite, which is from by all accounts extremely critical of Hollywood and the rich people in it. But you know, I digress on that because <laughs> with Parasite, I, yeah. I didn't get when I was watching Parasite, the main thing that I got is it's critical of um the wealthy. Yeah. It's 
it will extremely critical. That's like the main focus. Yeah. But I think that it's also kind of critical of um, the way our society values like perfection in a sense, because there's like, I, I'm not going to spoil too much, but there's like, th- well, this part is in the trailer where the mom says that her son is like an artistic genius. So like the reason, the whole reason why they hire the tutor in the first place is because they want their children to be perfect, which is something that every society can relate to. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm really interested that you said you, you got the vibe that it was cri- like critical of Hollywood because I didn't. Well, really I didn't watch it. Elements. I didn't watch it. I just, um, by like what like, people said, what people were saying about it. Um, and just like my friends at work, you know, they watched it and they, you know, explained like about the plot and things like that. It's like, I wouldn't, okay. I did say Hollywood, but I mean, mostly I, I met really just rich people. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. that might be looking through, looking at it through like a Western or like an American yeah. lens because exactly. I, I didn't get it Hollywood specifically. I didn't get Hollywood at all. I got like, like you said, rich people for sure though. Yeah. But I mean, because Hollywood is made up of rich people. Uh, <laughs> um, but yes, you know, in closing, congratulations to Parasite. Maybe I will watch you one day. I have actually um, enjoyed other films by Sorry. Bong Joon-hoon. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, maybe one day if I'm in a mood to watch something that's not just a comedy or fantasy, I'll want to watch it. But anyways, yes, as I said, congratulations to Parasite, congratulations to the cast, uh, and, you know, they did it on their own, they didn't need any help from K-pop and the K-pop world, and stop trying to take credit for their work. No one's trying to take credit for your work, so please, don't do it. Um, I want to add to that, and I want to sure. say, actually, old boy paved the way, so... <laughs> k-pop did not pay the way it was old boy anybody who knows anything about film because uh here's how i feel if you can get spike lee to remake your movie that's how you know your movie has crossover appeal because spike lee quite literally he quite like he makes very black mu- movies put it that way yeah so <laughs> yeah okay oh what i forgot that old boy was was Korean. I thought I'm for long. You thought I've been talking about the American version this whole time? No, no, no. I no. Oh. I just knew about it from the manga version. So I was like, I was thought like when they. I never watched the movie, right? So I mean, I'm just like coming in from a place of ignorance here. But whenever people talk about Oh Boy, I thought like, oh, it's a Japanese manga, so they probably made like a Japanese version of it. But the the really popular one is a South Korean version of it. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize that. All right, you learn something new every day. But it's got okay. Now that you say it like that, though, you can totally see the Japanese parallels. Yeah, it's also oh, really just a creepy storyline. But it's yeah. so good. Like the way that it's done is really what is executed very well. So yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, we have a special announcement, and I will throw it over to Nat to kind of give the particulars. Okay. Uh, weird. Okay. Hi, lads. So we have started our new website, which I hope that you are all checking out and enjoying. Uh, we definitely want to put a lot more content on it. We're just, you know, in the midst of, of deciding what we want to do and how we're going to build the Nyan. I don't want to say empire, but I kind of want to say empire. Man, man. So, <laughs> empire just sounds so much cooler. Uh, but okay. <laughs> anyways, uh, our, the Nyan brand. And so we do have a Patreon up and, you know, we're not 
telling you guys to donate any money to it. Uh, but if you'd like to donate, you know, money for a coffee or something like that, please feel free. Uh, we, everything we do is because we love it and we're passionate about it. And we, we really enjoy talking to each other and sort of like sharing our passions, but we don't get paid for it. And so sometimes we can't do the things that we would want to do with the podcast and with the website. So, I mean, if you guys have anything you want to, you know, do to sort of support us, uh, definitely reach out to us, you know, like, share, retweet, respond, you know, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your grandma, you know, just tell everybody. <laughs> but also if you can, you know, and you have some some coinage to share or to spare, um, please feel free to go to our Patreon and hit us up. It'd be greatly appreciated. And I don't know what we're going to do if we're going to like, mention it on the podcast or if we're going to do post about it but i mean we're definitely so super crazy appreciative of everybody who takes the time to listen to us and to comment and you know to share and we definitely appreciate everybody who you know shouts us out and gives us a listen and a like and things like that. And we want to continue to bring you content that you like and bring you content that we are passionate about and we love and we care about. So as I said, if you guys have, you know, want to, want to help us out, just go to our website. It is on the content page. Wait, and where can we find, where can we find the Patreon? If we just want to go directly to your Patreon, what's your name on Patreon? It's Nyan Edison's www.patreon.com slash Nyan Edizens, which is N-Y-A-N-E-T-I-Z-E-N-S. And also, you know, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud, you know, all the regular hangout spots. Thank you very much, Nat. Do we have any shout outs? Yes. Shout out to Monster X for All About Love. My new favorite album of 2020. I feel like it's going to be my favorite K-pop album of the year because it dropped the same time. I listened to Dreamcatcher first this morning and then I listened to Monster X. And Dreamcatchers, I thought I was going to love, was all right. Monster X's album is just everything. It's so good. It's, it is like a romantic sort of like love album so i mean if you're not into that you're probably not gonna like it but they got the production they even got the vocals which i mean i was not expecting i mean i'm not saying they're like boys to men or anything like that but they do <laughs> they do a good job with they do a good job with what they have okay but like as i said the production the melodies the way they sing everything is just so perfect i think i was like listening i was listening to this, this album like nonstop today and i think like it, it starts with who do you love so i mean it really start it starts at the top tier and then it goes i think by about misbehave which is like the eighth song of the album that's the only song that i felt was a little like mm, but it was still a good song so i would love to do an episode on this album <laughs> okay i really want to listen the, to the album because yeah, i was yeah. so impressed last year by middle of the night and um yes. who do you love um, even though Who Do You Love, once again, is not on my playlist. But I will say this. Usually, if Nat likes something, I hate it. So <laughs> I'm a little bit questionable on whether or not it's actually going to be good. But we'll see. <laughs> Give it a try. Like, 
I maybe because I also watched To All the Boys I Love before part two. I think the oh day before. Oh my god, the Netflix show? Yeah. That movie was so cute. And then because the album, as I said, it's all about romance. It is all about love. So it's shout out um, to Monster X doing big things. Love it. All right. Jimin, any shout outs? Shout outs to some of my favorite Greek Greek figures in Greek mythology. Shout outs to Giannis and his baby. Giannis just had a baby, guys. Shout outs to Monster X. Like, I've been really into their song. So really shout outs to them. Shout outs to, you guys know my history with them. You know that it's not a positive history. You know that my um, general thoughts on Monster X are not very positive. So the fact that they're getting a shout out from me, I feel like is quite an accomplishment. So um, yeah, that's my shout outs for today. Everybody, everybody want to say happy birthday to Giannis's baby. Happy birthday. Wasn't the baby just born? Yeah. So... <laughs> what you trying to say? <laughs> so baby can't have a birthday? No. Baby's not one yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Korean babies have birthdays before they turn one. Is Giannis's baby Korean? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Did Giannis, the team Giannis win the... Um... Uh... Oh, that's a no. No. Okay. Well, I do want to give a last shout out. I know. Um, sorry, Ash. But I want to give a last shout out wow, to Golden liar. Child. To Golden Child because, you know, I feel like they're, they're going to have a good year. I feel like we're going to eat our words and we're actually going to like a Golden Child song this year. We didn't say anything bad about Golden Child. Well, at least I didn't. So I don't have to worry about <laughs> eating my words. Well, maybe I will eat my words. I'm fine with it. I like changing my mind about things sometimes. So, um, yeah. Okay, Ash. And shout out to Pentagon. I listened to ah. Dr. Baby again and Your baby stuck daddy. in my head. So, <laughs> you know the pain this has caused me that this song has got this hold on me that it has. I, I, it's always amusing when you like a boy group or when you like a member of a boy group or something that a boy group does. It's always amusing. Well, the BTS album's dropping at the end of the week, right? Yeah, so she's going to quickly switch teams because she's going to see Jungkook, so. Well, not if he keeps that hair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Unfortunate. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. Stay tuned to our next episode, which will have a special guest. Um. Her name is Deb, and you guys may have seen her around Twitter. She was trying to get together a panel for K-pop fans of color, and she's joining us on our next podcast, so I'm sure she'll have some interesting things to say. She's interviewed Masta X, so we can ask her about that. And yeah, so watch out for that. And thanks to you guys for listening to this episode. And we will catch you on the very next podcast. Bye. Bye, everybody. Good night.